Hello, friends. Welcome to another episode of Hybrid Unlimited. Today, we have Zach Tellender on the podcast. If you don't know him, you've been living under a rock. He just had a great collab with More Plates, More Dates. That's Derek on that channel. Uh, and they did the sort of expose on the liver king. So we've been talking a lot about that on the podcast. It's something you guys have definitely been interested in. It's one of our most shared podcasts of all time. So tune into this for the behind the scenes sort of look at that. You go into a bunch of other things, uh, you know, related to the fitness industry, PEDs and all that kind of stuff. So I don't want to give too much away. Um, as always, Make sure you tag us uh, when you're listening to the podcast, screenshot your uh, your episode, post in your stories, tag me, tag Marcus, tag Hybrid Unlimited, tag our guest, uh, coach underscore ZT uh, on Instagram, and you'll automatically be entered into a draw to win some Hybrid Legacy apparel, which is the official apparel of the hybrid performance method as a whole, as well as hybrid unlimited. Uh, I think that's it for housekeeping. Sit back, relax, enjoy another episode of hybrid unlimited. We want to give a shout out to our incredible sponsors for the podcast element. Chances are you're not getting enough electrolytes or salt in your diet. Element is an electrolyte supplement that contains no added sugar, no artificial ingredients, and no BS. Everyone needs electrolytes, especially if you sweat a lot during your training. Having the right levels of sodium, potassium, and magnesium flowing through your system will not only help combat fatigue and brain fog, but it can seriously improve your performance in the gym. But don't just take our word for it. Athletes in the NFL, NBA, NHL, US Olympians, and members of the Special Forces are all drinking Element to get their electrolyte intake on point with the most delicious powder on the market seriously these flavors are insane my personal favorite is citrus salt element is giving our listeners a special offer head over to the link in our show notes or ig to get a free gift with your purchase courtesy of our friends at element again the link is drinkelement.com hybrid that's drink slash hybrid stay salty and now back to the show. <clears throat> We're good. Good to go. All right. We're live with uh, maybe the most interesting man in the world of fitness right now. <laughs> you've been hot, you've been hot. <laughs> coming in hot, man. Welcome back to Miami. It's good to see you. I know. I'm right off the plane into the lab. Where are you into coming the from? Show. Where you live now? <clears throat> I live in Austin. Oh, okay. Yeah. And uh, here for Wadapalooza, even though like, I think we are, us three, I can speak for us three, that we're like CrossFit adjacent. Mm-hmm. It's a decent net- networking opportunity. Definitely. So yeah. good content, good all around reason to be down here. And then also just- There's a lot of be- fitness happening in Miami right now. Yeah. Yeah. A lot of fitness. Um, I do think that like, look- it is pretty cringy. A lot of like the CrossFit, uh, you know, this the salesmanship in CrossFit, like, and but that's just like the nature of it. It is a total juggernaut, and if you don't respect it, like, you, I think it's kind of idiotic. Where, where it's is a massive CrossFit market. right now? Like, I know where it was five years ago, six years ago, because like when I was a weightlifter when I first started, like in the world of barbell sports, like I was in a CrossFit gym and I knew how prominent CrossFit was in the world of fitness and its influence, but. Like, where is it now since the sale of CrossFit from Greg Glassman to the new group? I think I think that 
you know, when we were aware of it, it was this thing on the rise and we could criticize it and make fun of it or whatever. But now it's like, it's like so hard established. And I think like people need to come to terms with that, that it's like actually a thing now. Mm. It's here. You can hate it or not, but it's just going to, it's here and it's going to stay. And then like the market is just a juggernaut, man. Like, I don't, I don't know if like this is kind of counter to your point, but I feel like, a few years ago, I don't know if it's like I'm paying less attention to it or not, but you know, I was a weightlifter, but I was very aware of who all the like top CrossFitters were. Yeah. Right? It was like Camille, Matt Frazier, Froning, Kalipa, all these guys. And since they've sort of either moved to teams or gone out of CrossFit as a sport, I feel like no one's really filled those shoes. Like, yeah, yeah. I mean, even I, the, who's the guy now who's like number one on the men's side? Justin Medeiros. Yeah, but I'm, I wasn't even saying like in that way. I was more saying like, okay, Nike's involved now. You know, Wadapalooza is just like a multi-million-dollar competition. Mm-hmm. It's just so hard. Like it's so established. It's so like, you know, it's just a money-making machine. And all of the little finite aspects of making money have been figured out. So now it's like all of these competitions, it's just a good opportunity to like hang out and meet meet new people. Mm-hmm. Like for instance, there's going to be a rain booth, you know? Right. And Who's that, going to that? Is Thor going to be in town? I, I would imagine so, but I'm not entirely sure. But it's like, okay, if you think about CrossFit when it started, it was like paleo. It was so culty. Yeah, it was so yeah. culty, but now it's just totally mainstream. Yeah. There was like a, like a lot of little nuances that like qualified you to yeah. be like in the cross. It was like, you don't eat paleo and you don't wear Metcon shoes and you don't like do a wad every day. Like, yeah. bro, what are you doing for the open? Like, yeah, I just always yeah. remember like the guys I used to train around because we were the weirdos in the corner of the, the CrossFit gym yeah. doing weightlifting. Yeah. And like, they were so fanatical over there. And like, my coach was like, you know, he was very much a purist in the world of weightlifting. And there was always butting heads. And like the, yeah. the, the, viewpoint into the fitness world was so diametrically opposite because like we were there to snatch clean jerk and back squat right and there was Mm. like no if ands or buts and the way that crossfit they're always trying to get us to come over there and you know what the highlight reels of crossfit are weightlifting so it's like you always felt like the sense of superiority like being in the corner like silly crossfitters in your box jumps look at me lifting more than you here's the thing though and you know, from my vantage point as a power lifter, I always think like, okay, fitness is cool. CrossFit's cool. I, I agree with you. You can't deny that it's a juggernaut now. Mm-hmm. But when you go out into the real world and you walk down the street, nobody is pointing to that CrossFitter like, and be like, bro, how much do you back squat? How much do you bench press? Today on the street, I got stopped. Like, I was in the zone, man. I was walking back to my office mm-hmm. and I was just not... These two dudes stopped me out of a big ass BMW, just mumbling, just smoking a blunt, mumbling. And they're just, I'm just like, what the fuck are you saying to me? And they're just like, just razzing me and riling me up and stuff. They're like, bro, you're big. Yeah. yeah. And I just like, yeah. I like go like straight up to the window. And it's these two dudes that like, probably most people wouldn't approach it like, how much you bench press though? <laughs> and I was just like, I just threw out a number to them and they're like, just start hollering and making noise. Yeah. But I, I think the funny thing is like, there is a recognition to like a physique. So the world of bodybuilding, the world of powerlifting, once you reach like a certain shape as a human, yeah, people just recognize that. And I've always found that kind of funny that like the average crossfitter, if you stuck them in a lineup, you're not getting pulled out as yeah. a guilty one, you know? But I, but I think, yeah. I think like, look, like that, 
I like what Hayden was saying was like the highlight reel of CrossFit is like the big lifts, mm-hmm. which okay, but we just practice the big lifts ourselves. But this isn't to say like like I don't have this kind of superiority complex. I I, I definitely used to. I guess you like um, you grow out of it. Yeah, but. it's just kind of like yeah, it's totally something that I've that I've grown out of and the 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 big highlight for crossfitters is their bodies, right? So like the 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 fact that they're like and they're able to do a bunch of shit, which is kind of cool. Like there's nothing wrong with being like generally fit and like having visible abs. Like that's actually really awesome. Um especially well, if you look at probably what sport. most people who are working out strive to look like exactly exactly and so i think you know this is like this is funny because like i will get called out for critiquing crossfit too much and i will get called out for liking crossfit too much and you Mm -hmm. and someone said this the other day you know you you know you're doing well if if people from both sides of whatever argument are are mad at you for not arguing on their behalf (laughs) and like I just try to look at things objectively. Like I'll, I love critiquing CrossFit because it's like, I want them to do better. And I love seeing CrossFitters critique CrossFit because they want them to do better. I critique the shit out of weightlifting because I want it to be better. You know, I, I think, uh, we, when this whole thing started, when the CrossFit thing started, everyone was ripping on it. So they got mm. very, very defensive. Well, be, you know why? Because you had a bunch of people who are of what like the purest disciplines yeah they were bastardizing the the movement well that's what that's was the initial reaction i had and the initial reaction that a lot of people have but as soon as you realize that it's it's a completely different thing and they don't have to weightlift the way that we weightlift and they don't have to do deadlift the way a powerlifter deadlifts and they don't have to do gymnastics the way a gymnast does it like they have to do it the way that suits their sport the best so when they're doing these like you know they have to do 100 snatches for time or something it's like they're doing it in the way that's the quickest where they're going to fatigue and burn out certain muscle groups the slowest and that doesn't look the same as a weightlifter going for a max snatch nor should it yeah but when we saw that early on before there was a big understanding for it we're like oh that just looks like shit yeah well it's like they're not snatching like to me there's two undeniable truths number one we exist on the periphery as people that exist within the weightlifting and powerlifting communities we are the fringe sports the second truth is that crossfit has probably done more than any other thing on earth to drive people into those disciplines Well, and a, I feel it's like the reason it, it's why, unfair. It's unfair to criticize it without is, recognizing okay, the reality. Is, this is something. You know how many that, people wouldn't have jobs if it weren't for CrossFit? Me like in powerlifting, right weightlifting. <laughs> no, yeah, I swear to God, all I, of us. No, everything that I've ever done in weightlifting in fitness is due to CrossFit. Same. Every single dude, thing. Working against gravity. When I started that, ninety yep. percent of our clientele were CrossFitters. Mm-hmm. Uh, even through the hybrid, gyms you trained out of. All the gyms I trained yep. out of, CrossFit gyms. Even now, a lot of our the people that sign up for hybrid are people who do a weightlifting program or a super total program or whatever program because they want to get better at that specific thing for CrossFit. Right. I started uh, in 2013 doing CrossFit and I felt like I could just continue to move the needle. I, I was done with collegiate sports and I was like, well, this isn't it for me physically like i know i have more physicality i know i can be stronger i know i can be faster i know i can even be more athletic so crossfit was actually the best place for me to go i I, honestly looking back maybe if i like went right into martial arts it would have been kind of cool um but i just didn't have the mindset i guess for that got into crossfit 
did that for a while. And then I had a weightlifting bias with my CrossFit, which was like a really cool thing. I was doing something that like not many other people were doing. Um, and then that all turned into weightlifting. And then I wanted to coach CrossFit, coach weightlifting, started coaching in sports performance. Um, then I started making content on weightlifting specifically. A lot of CrossFitters have come to me to for seminars and for coaching and stuff like that. It all started and, and, you know, here I am today, but like it all started in 2013 by going to a CrossFit gym. So like, I mean, you're absolutely right. Well, just think about it. I don't even, I would love to know the percentage. I would love to know the percentage of people involved in any barbell sport right now due to CrossFit. Huge. It's yeah. probably crazy. But just think about all the seminar tours that went on. Yep. Klokov, John mm -hmm. North, all the, uh, Tarakti, like all those guys, where were they hosting those? All CrossFit gyms. CrossFit gyms. 100% CrossFit And if you get real about it, CrossFit is a huge influence because there's a young population or maybe not necessarily our age, but maybe they're in their 40s or whatever. They're typically affluent. They typically have excess money to spend. Mm -hmm. So it creates its own economy. It's, it's creative. It costs 200 market, bucks man. a month to, yeah. to walk into a CrossFit yeah. box. It's a know. fitness economy. But yeah. CrossFit was the genesis of it. And yeah. I, as much as I am not a personal fan of practicing it yeah. as like just an observer, like you have to be real about what it's done for powerlifting, weightlifting. Mm -hmm. I wouldn't have found weightlifting if it wasn't for seeing CrossFit stuff because like that yeah. brought me to weightlifting. I was like, oh, I want to do that. That's cool as shit. What was the workout that you, Marcus did a CrossFit workout? It was you, me, Steffi, and uh, Brent Fikowski. Oh, my God. So we, <laughs> we took him <laughs> through horrible. a powerlifting workout and made him like squat and wraps and stuff. And then he yeah. took us through this workout that I think he did in a competition in Dubai. And we were absolutely- It was like man makers I think involved. you're the heaviest. No, it was um, Devil's Press. Right. Oh, yeah, yeah. Holy shit. Have you done those? Yeah, yeah, yeah. For some reason, everyone like like some sort of email memo went out, and like everyone started doing those. <laughs> They're brutal. Like, it, was, it was not it was a the thing, worst thing then, I've ever done. Yeah, doing definitely. more than ten of anything is is yeah. Is a I've lot, actually been but... been doing a lot more conditioning lately, and um, I do appreciate it uh, quite a bit. I, I, it's like, like when you miss it, when you when you're actually in the mindset of like, okay, you know, I want to do more zone two cardio. I want to do more stuff that makes me strain in a different way. You start to appreciate it sure. because you're you're wanting it, you're craving it. Now, if I take someone who wants to get better at weightlifting and I throw them into a CrossFit workout, they're gonna fucking hate it because it's just like, first off, this is painful, and second off, this isn't gonna move the needle in what I want to do. So I think a lot of just like any methodology, like you're gonna like it if you want to succeed in that area, which seems, of course, you know, it's it's kind of something that doesn't need to be said, but. I think a lot of people want to do too much and too different, th too many different things. Yeah. Well, it takes yeah. a long time to get good at any of them. So then if you start to see like a lack of progress, you're not moving the needle one week, you're like, oh, let me try this other thing. You get this kind of like, you know, dog chasing cars approach, you know, when you're just running around, like just doing all these different yeah, things. Yeah. You might Which not mentally can be good. You it know can, I mean? but it can also be exhausting. You see, you see a lot of CrossFitters, like when you come up, when you come up in weightlifting and you get to a point where you have reached you know, you've been training for three years and progress isn't coming as fast, right? You're never going to throw like 10 kilos above your PR on the bar and try it. But I feel like they they have sometimes this like beautiful ignorance, 
in CrossFit with respect to weightlifting where they just don't know they're not supposed to do stuff. I fucking love this point. I've, I've been thinking about this and talking about this a lot. Really? Yes. Oh, good. Because weightlifters are almost the opposite and, and powerlifters too. And they get freaked out. So there's two... Okay, this is what I wanted to talk about. Something yeah. that, that, um, that CrossFit did that was amazing was uh, the community aspect uh-huh. and it's, cor- it's so corny. And like, we're just like, oh, community, <laughs> shut the fuck up and lift it's the weight. Like, though. There's a part of that, like, I, there's always two sides to everything. There's that part where you're like, okay, community, blah, 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 blah. It's like, shut the fuck up. I'm back squatting 500 pounds. Like, I don't need a community. I need to, like, kill myself <laughs> right that's, now. But that's, right? you know that's not true. <laughs> but, but, but the community aspect is awesome because you get this, like, you get these people who, like, go to war with you no like they they, you know they train with you and push you and it's awesome but also the market from having a community so if you think about it you walk into a powerlifting gym like it's kind of ice cold in a power like like everyone's like measuring everyone yeah and 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 it's kind of like everyone's sitting down you know and like (laughs) kind of just like like this because that's how it's got to work it's got it has to work like that like we can't everyone's got to get work to be done people we can get the energy up but like you can't sustain that high energy. What CrossFit was able to do was kind of sustain that high energy, sustain that community. So what you saw was like this business that has never been seen before in strength sports mm-hmm. because you have a community involved now. And like when there's this community aspect to it, it's like, oh, I can do a seminar here. I can sell shoes, T-shirts, whatever here. And that's that's what drove the fucking boom. I mean, there was no way that weightlifting or powerlifting was going to get lifted up by any other way. Well, they're just, they're just fundamentally different activities, right? So like in the powerlifting world, like it's very much a lone wolf activity for 90% of the activity. And then to me, where I think that the community is really important in powerlifting, it's like, that's the group that you're, you're there every week. You know, we had together as as a group here, like a really long run, all of us competing before we all were like doing doing all the same meets. Yeah. Yeah. So like we were all on the same same, yeah, same programs and like or same time frames at least. But those people push you, and it's a it's an important driver because it also keeps you accountable and it also keeps you present here, and you have people to turn to be like, hey, how'd that look? Hey, like, what do you think about me attempting this weight today? Like, you think I have it in you? Like, but they know you, they know your progress, and like, yeah, it's a solo sport. But those are the people that can keep you honest. The 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 and push like, you. the blissful ignorance thing. Yeah. I I have a great story about this. <clears throat> I was into competitive weightlifting for a little while at this point. It's probably like my third or fourth meet, and I was coaching weightlifting too. Um, and I was like really just dialed in on only weightlifting. And a lot of times the weightlifting meets were at CrossFit gyms. And so there was this CrossFitter, he was a regional athlete. And he was in my session and I haven't even touched the barbell yet. And he was snatching 110 in the back. So what that means to me was like, okay, well, if he's already snatching 110, I'm opening it like 120 at this point because I was early in my career. So like, there's no way he should be snatching 110 right now. I was like, Mm -hmm. how much are you going to snatch to open? He's like, "Uh, 250 something pounds. I'm like, well, you're already at 243, 243 or 242. Like, he's like, I just don't know what I'm doing. He was wearing like CrossFit shorts and Metcons or whatever. And I was like, all right, strip the bar and just warm up with me. And then he went out. I think he did really well. He did like three for three or whatever, but he didn't care. He was just like, oh, okay, you want me to go now? Okay, I'll grab the bar here. You want me to go on this bar? I'll go over here. Like, you want me to face this direction? You want me to fuck? Because CrossFitters, like, that's their whole thing. It's like, you don't have, 
anything set up the way you want it. Like you just mm-hmm. go and grab the bar and fucking go. Like, oh, I just did a thousand burpees. Now I can do a snatch. I got. I don't have to worry. Well, and- Whereas we have to set everything up and it has to be perfectly set up and dialed in. And that's a necessity. It's a necessity to have everything right, the right way, so that you can focus in on this one pointed movement. But I think there is the duality of this. Mm-hmm. We should be able to grab certain things from that CrossFitter's mindset where it's like, oh, well, we didn't get what we wanted. Uh, like, um, I see this in competition all the time. It's like, hey, you thought you were going to rest 10 minutes. You're actually up right now. Oh, yeah. And then the guy's like, oh, but I didn't have my warm up the way that I wanted it. I didn't do exactly. Yeah, it's like, yeah. well, sorry, man. This is it. And it's like, well, the weightlifter is not ready for that. The CrossFitter can do that. No problem. Mm-hmm. And then the issue with the CrossFitter being the blissfully ignorant guy is that he can never move the needle past that energy in the room thing. Like he he's never dialed in and focused ever. So it's mm. like having the best of both worlds is the best way to be. Well, you you, you should know what you want, but then you also have to be able to be like, ah, fuck it. I can do it now if you want me to. Yeah. Well, and the blissful ignorance that I've seen with CrossFitters specifically, because that's a good point, but it's also just in terms of, like I said before, like not knowing what you should and shouldn't be able to do. Like I've seen, I remember being in one of the Reebok CrossFit gyms in Toronto and some guy was attempting a 260 uh, kilo snatch. He was actually like a pretty Excuse good. Excuse me. Sorry, pound. Sorry, two hundred sixty <laughs> pound snatch. So like, like a one, Lasha, watch like one twenty ish kilo snatch. <clears throat> and I was like, "What's your best snatch?" And he goes, 240. I'm Like this is twenty pounds over. And the guy took like five cracks at it and made it. But it's like he just didn't know he's That's, not supposed to do that. So that so he is, did it. Yeah. But it's like it's it, your mind is so powerful. And in weightlifting, we get so stuck on the numbers, and we're trying to chip it by one kilo, two kilos. Dude, it's like this is it. That's absolutely it. I've I've talked about this ad nauseum actually, um, and I think people just think I'm crazy when I bring up CrossFitters. Like they just don't want to hear it. They're like, oh, fucking kipping pull-ups and, uh, you know, butterfly pull-ups. They look like idiots. They look flounder. Like, you know, they're flapping like fish on the bar. And, (laughs) like, that's all they think. They just, they're like, CrossFit equals dumb. But, like, when you watch motherfuckers like that just come in and be like, yeah, I'm going to send it on, like, a 10-kilo PR. I don't care. You know? And, like, oh, like, I guess I'll use this shitty beater bar to do it, too. And, like, then they do it. Uh-huh. It you blows know, the weightlifter's mind. Like, that, wait, that wasn't an Alico bar with work sand plates and it wasn't even a bearing bar. Like, you did that with pushings. <laughs> there is nothing I like more than seeing a CrossFitter out total a specialist. Nothing I like more because I point to that specialist and be like, you know, you with all your fucking hot, like high and mighty bullshit. This dude who doesn't give a shit, who's gonna do like three more workouts today, just out totaled you. You know what that and guy's gonna say? What's he going to say? Steroids. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. Of, course. <laughs> of course. And that's a good segue. What? <laughs> oh, yeah, good segue. Let's talk about steroids. Let's talk about, yeah. Well, I wasn't going to go there yet, but I, I actually want to know first, just for my own uh, fun purposes, what's going on in the world of weightlifting? Because I feel like I'm a little bit removed from it at this point, except for the highlight reels. Like, I know we just had worlds, but like, tell me, like, what what is going on in the wide world of weightlifting? Like, who are the big names right now? And like, what? scandals I mean, we just talked about Lu Zhaojun getting popped the other right. day which was really For interesting EPO. right which is super bizarre this is yeah, so the actually, first Chinese weightlifter that's ever been outed right yeah somebody broke down I mean EPO has to be able to help you with, with a lot of physical things 
right? right but it's more, not what it's you not, would expect. It's, but it's not the no. and it's not the best thing. Yeah, no, like if no, you're gonna get popped, like, like eh. let's let's think about it. Like like it's not the best thing, but it's also not. It could it could be great for a guy like, but like Luke with the money you, behind want, weightlifting. Yeah, in China, mm-hmm. just get a hyperbaric chamber and have the guy sleep in it every night. Does the same thing. And then you don't get popped, and then take real drugs. Yeah, but does it do the same thing as EPO? Though I would love to check the efficacy of a hyperbaric chamber compared to EPO. No, yeah. but think, it's, you got to admit it is a weird thing. Like if you're thinking about the one of the most successful weightlifters in yes. Chinese history, why is he doing that? Well, and how did he get ca- popped? Capacity. For when's fit, the when's the yeah. last time we've ever seen a weightlifter ever get popped for anything other than your standard anabolic yeah, drugs? You know. Yeah. It is. It's never defi- happened. It's definitely weird, and it's likely that he was doing other compounds and just didn't get right. You know, didn't get popped for it. I was, find wasn't it expecting. very bizarre. Yeah. I, I always go to some political motivation Did within you talk within to the Broderick fi- about EPO and like because what I what I, I just, like to think is like instead of looking at things along the lines of like, oh that's stupid. I would like to look at it like this could work and it does work like. Thinking about just what in terms EPO, of force production, right? right? Well, like, no, no, no. Not, what what but, is the most look, optimal drug okay, okay. for force production? I, I don't know if it's that. It's not that. It's yeah, definitely not right. that. But it's for sure it's not, a recovery thing. Like, I if if I'm thinking about yeah, it's a recovery thing. It's a it's an adaptate. Like if we're in a phase where I want more volume and I want someone to go 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 and be able to work with a higher heart rate something like EPO is absolutely going to work. I think that something in, in weightlifting and powerlifting that is like a, a really underrated aspect is actually heart rate and heart rate management. Mm-hmm. Being able to do more volume because you're able to control what's happening inside. That's you. something we've been preaching for a long time. Right. So if you're, if you're currently working on some sort of fitness base uh, and you want a little bit of an edge, EPO would absolutely help you. And I think that when you think, when we look at like strength sports, we don't think about fitness at all. But if we're looking at volume, like how much work can we get done in this small amount of time? That is fitness. That's absolutely right. fitness. I mean, but, CrossFitters actually, that's what they, you know, that's but the hold on. I got, I got to stop you there. Cause like if we're talking about Lu Zhaojun, world class gold medalist at the Olympics, we're talking about risk reward at this point. What is my risk for taking some sort of banned substance, right? What's the highest reward for taking something that is could potentially end my career? Right. I think the, the EPO window is... I just think it's a very is, strange the EPO window, thing to get involved in. Is it in. short? Or? It's short. It's very short. It's like Anavar. It's like that. Like it's, it's a like, three-week Yeah, it's among the deal. short group. What is, is EPO um, He was oral? likely on testosterone. He was likely... Probably not even on that many, many different compounds. He took a massive break and he probably... He retired kind of, for a bit, right? No. Oh, he, I thought he retired he, and came back. No, he never came, he never retired. He just literally disappeared, which uh, a lot of people ended up doing. And in um, China, it's probably very easy well, too because you can just yeah. kind of He's yeah. also, he's also had some curtain. injuries over his career but, and stuff. And he's not young. He's like 32. No, he's he's old. He's, he's like older than that? 34. Oh my and he, he started yeah. late too. Yeah. So I, I would, I would say this in, so weightlifting is, um, uh, you know, it's weird to say, but it is absolutely on its dying breath as far as an Olympic sport goes. Yeah. Can yeah. we talk um, about that? Let's yeah. dive into that. Hold so, your thought, but like go deeper. So, cause this uh, is something I'm really curious about. Cause we yeah. just talked about it the other day. Like, is there a potential for it really? Cause I saw that in 2028, it's not did yet you included. See, did you see the announcement is like basically saying weightlifting 
get your act together. Yeah, but they said that for what does that mean? The last so couple that pods. was the they said by 2023 we will have another meeting. So 2020 December of 2023 we will have one more meeting to determine if this is weightlifting's last Olympics, unless they're you able mean to prove Paris, that, right? Yes, Paris is the so. But 2023 he he the announcement was in 2021. And it was uh, it was either a Swiss guy or a French guy, one of the higher ups in the IOC, and they're like, if you guys are not able to prove your worth in 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 that you're cleaning up and that you're changing, um, so it's largely a PED. It's not thing. just PEDs. It's also the IWF's unwillingness to play ball with a complete overhaul. The, their their version of an overhaul is like, okay, we'll change the weight classes. Okay, we'll take away. Uh, we'll make this is our Olympic weight classes and this is our world weight classes. Okay, we'll add in testing. You have to have a certain amount of tests before you go in this quad. Well, you know this. But what they really need to do is just fire everyone, get rid of every single person on the board that's ever existed, and then put in new, young, different people. They didn't yeah. do any of that. And people are, the IOC is taking note of this and they're saying okay well you're not playing ball if by 2023 we don't see anything different you guys are done after Paris so so right. I think oh done what, after Paris after Paris so yes. they're so for Paris sure in for, Paris yes, they are got 100% it 2028 is the one that's in question is in what LA or I think it's in the United States I, I don't know I think it's, it's a, LA but I, that's yeah. pathetic that I don't know this I should know this um but I think that the odds of it being in 2028 when I said this before I said it was 60-40 that it will – so it won't be in versus it will be in. So 60-40. So you think there's an outside right chance now, it won't? I would say right now it's probably 85-15. So the likelihood – it's 85% chance that it will not be in 2020. Okay, oh, so wow. here's, here's so a big So we're looking at the question. last fucking quad here. And, and not only that, the weight classes are minuscule. There's only – four weight classes for women it what? jumps from 71 to 81 oh. kilos for men it's 102 or 102 plus did you know this wait for 102 total? is the heavyweight wait, wait division. Well, hold on hold on is there's four total weight classes in women, the 2024 olympics yes four women four men weight class so there's 102 kilo class 102 and, kilo plus and then that's, and that's it no so 102 102 plus but what about think, every other competitor and then below that and then there's the and then there's like a no there might be five i wish we could would he be able to pull this well, up? Yeah, yeah george he's Check. like he's like so, oh, jamie so so yeah so all i know is it's one the craziest uh, thing for men right now is that it's 102 for... and 102 plus so, all right, George, here's, type in, uh, here's a big question then. Olympic, Olympic weightlifting, weightlifting class. weight classes for My big Paris. question is, do you think it's possible right for Olympic for Olympic weightlifting in, in terms of it being an Olympic sport 60, to exist so without the, the PED problem? Before we go on, With here, here knowing are the weight classes. that there is massive financial incentives five, in place. Five, five. 61 so, kilo, 61, yep. 73 kilo, 89, 102. How crazy is that? Wait, is this men? That's men. But you know what? When I look at that, that's a reasonable spread between them. Like, do we need... Is it, though? Because, look, we don't have anyone... Like, 102 to 102 plus? That's insane. That's fighting. We're looking at a sport... Okay, so here's... I'm going to agree with Hayden. I don't think that that's insane. No, okay, so uh, one thing I want to say. If you're lighter than 61 kilos... I love that. No, don't so, wait. Don't okay. care. So, so look, no, no. Don't care what I, you lift. I, I like. I agree with what you're saying though. Yeah. But what I will say is this: like, this isn't. F so, if we liken it to fight sports, yeah. Um, like, let's say MMA. 
mainly like a lot of people like big in MMA is 220 mm. pounds or 100 kilos. Right. Big in weightlifting is 115 kilos. Right. And at 5'10". Like, well, look at the powerlifting people, weight classes. People think that like – so when I would go to jiu-jitsu, yeah. I'd say I'm 6'4", 220 pounds. They're like, uh-huh. you're fucking huge and you're strong as shit. I'm they didn't know that that was, that was the skinniest <laughs> I'd been in – that was the skinniest I'd been in years. And there was the weakest I'd been in years. And yet in that room, I was the biggest and the strongest. And so – if we look at it and compare it along those lines, like it's it's not a relevant, com- and this is not again a, like a higher ground type of thing. This is just how it works. You have guys who are five foot ten, one hundred and five kilos body weight. That's yeah. two hundred and thirty pounds. Five ten two thirty is not big. It's I mean it's 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 how you're supposed to be in this sport. All right. So now we're looking at one hundred and two. We're looking at that's guys the pro- who are the cap 102, is the problem. That's five ten. That's 5'10", 102 kilos, and that's not big. That's me. I'm 5'9". Lasha, 6'6", yeah. 182 kilos or 190 kilos. That's the spread that sucks. But anyways, yeah. this is the result of but from- years and years of the IOC saying, hey, clean it up. Hey, figure it out. Yeah. Uh, this is the result. We have a completely eviscerated sport now. Okay, so go back to my question for a second. It can it exist without? Can it exist without I have, PDs? I have it can it won't. No, no. In reality, not right. not not in the big glass chamber yes, of thought. So I will say no. Okay, but the answer is no. The answer is no. But let me let in me, reality. Let me get you a scenario in which it could exist. And One, this is hypothetical, right? You're, yes. you're just about to create a this fantasy. Is, no, no, no. This because this is all I talk about, man. This is like no, no. I know, but like you're gonna basically posit a hypothetical, right? Like yeah, we live in reality. Well. And no, you're thinking of another way to do it. Yes. Okay. Yes. Okay. And so this this is it. The only way that so so punishment either needs to be really 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 high. It needs to be a net negative for teams to dope. Is it like a lifetime now, ban or what what would you say? As in 8 year or decade 8 year to lifetime ban. That's the only way and look, you can argue and say it's stupid whatever. Mm-hmm. If you want people to actually take this shit seriously, that's the only way. We've seen it time and time again. I'm not saying yeah. it's good. I'm not saying it's bad. Whatever. The other one would have to be loss of results. And loss of results, as shitty as that sounds, and trust me, it does sound shitty, and it's probably something that we can never come back from. Once we've seen a 220 kilo plus snatch... We can't come back and say get really stoked on a 185 snatch until everyone right? who's seen that. But what do you, snatch but what do you dies, mean loss of results? <laughs> loss <laughs> of results meaning okay. The like if you take a really really talented male, uh, let's say let's say heavyweight, so 102 kilo lifter, really talented. He'll likely get up to, and I'm talking really, really good. He'll likely mm-hmm. get up to 180 kilo snatch. That's fucking amazing. That's like uh, Medina is like right there. Yeah, he's a super though. That's different. Oh, you're so right. I'm, I'm looking right. at like I'm talking oh, okay. real cream of. You're the talking crop. like Iliad is prime. No, well, no. Iliad uh, I mean, prime close. was in the in mid 190s. He was an 85 and then a 94. Okay, and then, but and then you he know, was a 105 close for the 242. Yes. yes. So, right. but here's what I'm getting at is. The best of the best would be doing 180-ish, okay, right around 180-ish, and that would be fucking crazy. And the best clean and jerks around there would be probably 215 to 225, Mm -hmm. okay? 
the majority of lifters are going to be 170 to 180, 205 to 215. Now, when we look at the A class in the Olympics or at Worlds, the best of the best, you know, they got to go 180 to 190, and then they got to go 220 to 230. And if we look at, if we look at Ilya, prime prime Ilya. As a as a heavyweight lifter, so not anywhere before that. So like, mm-hmm. um, as a one hundred and five, he was doing mid one nineties and mid two forties. Okay, so that can never happen again. Because we so now the loss know. of result is the punishment. But- it's it's essentially like we have to be okay with results being down a little bit, and also people but not is looking- that a punishment. I no, think for the no, individual athlete, look, you're, oh, you're erasing so, the results. So, so, oh. Are you saying lifetime? So it's like all no, the no, results no, are taken no, out of the history Because no. That already happens. If no. you get popped, your, look, your records saying, are out of the I'm record book. I'm saying that the only way... so like Only for the period if, if in which you're popped If everyone is in, natural, sure. be prepared for the numbers to go like this. Oh, yeah, yeah. Right? But no one wants to see that. No. Exactly what I'm saying. I don't want to go see a super heavyweight snatch 180 kilos. It's not interesting. Right, but... Right. Uh... If there are five super heavyweights and they're having PR meets and they're going and they're battling back and forth and it could, you know, if they if one of them has a freaky meet and goes almost up to 200 kilos and he's natural, that could be kind of interesting. There's I, only- I've seen natural weightlifting meets and I've been super fired up and mm-hmm. it's been in a, it's been at uh, nationals. I've been like super fired up and that's because I love the sport of weightlifting. Now. That is not me taking a higher ground stance at all. I'm not saying that at all. But those are the stipulations. Loss of results will likely have to happen. And uh, punishment will have to be crazy high in order for this What's the sport to exist. Four uh, years first offense. Yeah, four years first offense. Or it could be even less depending on how like intense it is. I like, just, if it's a stimulant, it's only like two. Honestly, yeah. I just don't know how much increased punishment is going to deter somebody from committing the crime. They've, so a, to speak. they've actually done studies on uh, whether the death penalty impacts uh, capital you know, murder or something. Well, it impacts, yeah, people's willingness to commit murder or not. And the answer is no, because the majority of people who commit those crimes, right. they're committing them under the assumption they're that not they're gonna not going to get caught. Right. There was one other thing. Um, I'll, I'll, I'll say this. The difference between being a weightlifter in... Um, and I get I get a lot of hate from this. The mm-hmm. difference between being a weightlifter in America and some other country is that USADA and USA Weightlifting is doing nothing whatsoever to protect you. And that is the rule set that we right. are all thinking that everyone else is on. What because do you mean, protect, what do you mean protect, protect you, though? The only way that you can pass a drug test is if you're... Oh, you mean protect you from getting a negative result. Yeah, exactly. Right. And that's so, because we're playing a different game. Yeah, yeah, yeah Because exactly. in the Eastern Bloc in China, their whole thing is, we're going to do what we got to do to Prestige, win medals, right? And we're protecting Nash, our yeah. athletes. But, yeah. but what the U.S. hangs its hat on is like, let's be the best country that doesn't take drugs right it's a it's a political it's important to sing okay we're talking about the fucking sport of weightlifting here sure not track and field not gymnastics i want to go back to that not swimming i swear to god any i just did a video on uh children giving steroids to children Mm. yeah um max ada had a great little clip and he was like okay 
you guys want to know what some of the best Russian coaches I've ever talked to have done? Mm-hmm. You find a uh, girl or a boy and you get them to do gymnastics or just like gym class type of stuff. And then you select out of that who you think are the best athletes. And luckily and hopefully you can get them to be on your weightlifting team. If not, they could be in you know, a multitude of different sports. But if they're on your weightlifting team, once they hit... 11, 12, 13 years old, that's when you start giving them steroids. Well, I, that's from it. personal experience, I've well, seen it. I yeah. trained uh, in Colombia with the national team in, uh, a few years back. And I don't know what exactly I was seeing given to, to kids, but I saw the exchange of pills from adults to kids in that training hall. So that right there, unequivocally, does not occur in the United States in the sport of weightlifting. But we're the pariah in that sense, don't of you course. think? Yeah, but so even that, if we're acting as the this, moral this, arbiter I, of the world, no, the whole rest of the world is going to drag the sport down I, with it. I, I totally, I, I just want to be unbelievably crystal clear on that. Like in weightlifting, that doesn't occur. In and in America, in, and it doesn't occur in America. That's why that disadvantage needs to be talked about. But that is completely outside of if you're uh, an American football player, you should probably find a doctor and probably take some growth and probably take like a low dose of testosterone so you can survive the absolute gauntlet that is trying to rip you to shreds. Well, I'm sure most of That's, them do. And most of them do. Yes, absolutely most yeah, of them do. we've talked about that a And ton. it's illegal, yeah. mind you. It's illegal. And, and in, in baseball, it's illegal. And in all these money-making sports, it's illegal. That doesn't mean they're not doing it. But in America, you're not seeing kids get handed pills. And, no. and in in these other countries, that is what's happening. And I made this video, dude, and people had the gall to say that I was being some sort of American supremacist. Like I was being you're some, jealous. I, I was it was ridiculous. I, they were like, um, you, you mentioned the horse. word systemic a lot. Like, God, the um, the the American propaganda. The is Internet strong hates with big people. words. And I was like, <laughs> like. This is not propagandizing anything. Like I'm telling I'm I'm explaining to you the systems that were in place and it, that's factual. Mm-hmm. Um that's how fucked up weightlifting is. Well, that's, we, we, that, that, that's you have to admit, at. right? Like we do take a contrarian approach to the reality of all these other countries on the planet. In the world of weightlifting, like America is the anomaly. Yeah. And that that's not going to benefit the sport long term. No. I'm not saying PEDs yeah. will. But the reality is, if all if China and every Eastern Bloc country, they're all just they're complicit in doing this, you right? Know, you know what the they're real problem is, it. though. The real problem we can dissect weightlifting and drugs and all that shit as much as you want, but the real problem, it's money, right? Because guess that was what? my point earlier. Guess what has exactly. a thousand times more drugs than weightlifting, globally? Cycling, cycling, soccer. the most popular sport in the Olympics. Sprinting. Track and field, sprinting, yeah. track and field, yeah. Mm-hmm. Hundred meter dash, yeah. A hundred percent of those guys juiced to the absolute gills, and IOC looks the other way because that's the fucking one that matters. Well, they yeah, demonize is... weightlifting, right? Because yeah. it's just so easy it's such to a pinpoint fringe, it. Stupid. Well, dumb. you can also just be like that guy put five hundred pounds over his head, and we popped him. Yeah. Bam. It's well, like, and it makes everyone feel good. It's the scapegoat. <laughs> yeah. It's the scapegoat. Oh, so you I, I could be strong yeah. too if I took that stuff. Yes. This guy's a cheater. Right. You know, and it, for some so, reason, there's not that same I, thing I with sprinting. I will say this. I, I, like, like, you think Usain Bolt is clean? 
You think that guy is sprinting? Through? Oh, no, no. He's an absolute freak. I'm not taking anything away from him. But you think he's just chilling, coasting ahead of everybody else because he's clean? Those other guys are on gear too. He's a freak. And obviously he's taking stuff. Yeah. I I think um, I have a lot of theories of like big, big athletes that were on drugs. And the main giveaway was that they were too good at old ages. They were doing too well uh, because they'd finally found a doctor. Like, I think that a lot of really, really good athletes, I'm talking freaks, are absolutely natural for a good amount of their career. And then they start taking drugs when they're old Mm -hmm. and they're like almost better. And you're like, hey, man, you're not supposed to be improving at 38 years old. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Kurt Schilling was one of those guys. Was it Kurt Schilling? No, it was Roger Clemens. I always say Kurt Schilling. Oh, yeah. Roger Clemens, like, hey, dude, uh, you're pitching a little too well at 40 years old, bro. <laughs> you know, and he was you a freak, and he was probably natural for a long, long time. And, like, yeah. would have got, you know, Barry Bonds, as a natural athlete, a fucking freakazoid. Absolutely unbelievable ball player. Gets older, gets better. Yeah. Like, and get dragged the, in front of Congress. You know what I mean? And then, and then, uh, Clemens, too, right? They all you know, did, man. I, Barry I Bonds, have this Clemens. theory. I have this theory on Jordan was like he got to a doctor late in his career and he was getting better and better and better. And then Krause ripped that team. Jerry Krause ripped that team apart. Mm-hmm. But, dude, that 98 season, like he had this, like, uh, What's this vitality or what's what's a a term when people start like youthfulness? Like he, yeah, he had vitality. This, yeah, yeah. He had yeah. this vitality that like you shouldn't have at the end of your career, you know? And um he probably found a great doctor and was like So wait, let hold on. That's that's what I'm saying. It's like that's the biggest giveaway. Pause like, the conversation real quick. I, I just want to be real about this. We talk about this shit all the time, and I think that there's this there's this uh, narrative in the world, or at least in the United States, that there is like a moral superiority to not do this certain thing, which is PEDs, right? Are we not embracing the reality that just exists underneath the surface that powers every one of our greatest pastimes on earth? That is just it to me. I'm on the inside, right? I've never been shy about saying this. I take PEDs, right? I'm open about it. I'm open to the conversation. I am very very unhappy with the state of the conversation when it comes to every other sport out there what's the number one most popular sport in this country american football right the nfl those you guys just said it best those guys are out there getting their shit ripped to shreds getting heart attacks dude they're putting their bodies to the worst pain imaginable cycling the 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 biggest scandal ever in cycling is when lance got popped but do you Mm -hmm. realize what the the viewer and the entire ecosystem that surrounds these incredibly abusive sports are doing to the actual athlete. And yet there's a massive financial incentive for them to do that. The viewership depends mm-hmm. on it. The money flow depends on it. Imagine if the NFL took took PEDs out of the equation. Imagine if baseball had done it. I mean, the, you know, there is a sinister reality that sits underneath the surface. And no matter what the moral high yeah. ground is, why is weightlifting interesting to watch? Well, because you're going to see Lasha put 500 pounds over his head. And right, that is but damn I, exciting. But I, personally, I think that it's interesting for people to battle and to have struggle. I don't care what the weight is. But, and well, if, if they're at, okay. a, at a certain level. I, 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 no, no, I, that's fine. That's, that's fine. But I, I think you, you, we have you to be real point, about it. Though you can't put the genie back in the bottle. No, that and, yes, that's what. I, okay, you know, so we've look, seen what can be done, and now now, now people are going to be like, well, 
I don't care if someone snatches and, 200 kilos. Yeah. Like you don't realize <laughs> you're not going to watch it. Well, but I it, am. I am. But right, people but are you are not 90 percent of weightlifting. Yeah, audience. but yeah. I mean, fine, no, no, that's fine. Listen, and, don't get me wrong. I'm not. I'm not trying to derail this. I'm just trying to say that look, we I all think, have to come to terms with the reality of the world. But, but look, I think and, the, and there's there, uh, we're gonna, there's a massive pendulum swing always. Yeah. Like, and and I see it a lot. It, it it's like um okay so. So the rule is don't do this thing. Right. So everyone's fine. Everyone's only arguing against the rule all the time. Like in my comment section on any video, the only comments that you see are people who are arguing against the rule saying everyone should do drugs. Everyone drugs. Everyone's on drugs. Everyone's doing drugs. It's like, well, why did we swing the pendulum this far past it? He, he you just know, like said in, it. A, in a good world. In a, he in just a, said it. Like it is the rule and it should be followed. And it is like we follow the rules every day in society and we don't just take it like we could say, hey, that's a bullshit rule. Mm-hmm. But that's not the argument for breaking the rule like you don't speed and you say oh well the this speed limit was wrong officer when well, you, you get know what? i'll over. give you another example though it's there are rules in society that we all collectively are just like fuck that one right like marijuana being illegal for the longest time everybody's like not following that rule i'll even give you a, a simple one like more simple than that so there's it's not it's outside of the world of drugs rolling a stop sign yeah Okay, sure. we're all going to do that. It's, if nobody's around, there's nobody at, uh, else at the intersection, you're going to come to a complete stop, wait three seconds, check all the directions, and then go? It's like, no. Like, we all have this unwritten understanding that, like, you're going to cruise. You're going to roll slightly through that that stop sign. Yeah. It's like, that's what I feel like weightlifting was for a long time, and it's shifting now. But I think, to go back to Marx's point... The problem with drugs and sports right now is that all of those sports bodies, they don't actually want to remove drugs. They just want to come across like like they're they're doing the right thing, right? So they're like, hey, guys, you all take drugs and every once in a while, we're going to throw somebody under the bus. They're going to, you know, it's not going to be Tom Brady. It's not going to be one of the guys that are like, you know, that that society puts on a pedestal. But we're going to have one guy who's going to be the fall guy. And he's going to eat shit in the media and we're going to say we're doing the right thing and we're trying to test against drugs and we're trying to, you know, keep this anti-drug thing moving forward. But the reality of it is that they don't want to see the the performance of the sport go down. Yeah. They want all those guys. Don't you think that this is another and maybe not exactly the same example, like think back to prohibition in the early 1900s, right? Mm-hmm. Society deemed this activity to be wrong from a moral stance. So it was a morally arbitrary decision to say, we're banning this thing, right? Same time, you could put cocaine in Coca-Cola, right? It's so like the cocaine wasn't <laughs> bad. The whiskey was bad because it was deemed to be morally egregious. I think you're right, Zach, because society does shift the pendulum. Sometimes we agree as a society collectively yeah. that, we find this thing to be morally egregious, not because it's objectively wrong, not because it's unsafe, but because morally we disagree with the action. Therefore, we're going to ban it. Same result happens every time. Every mm-hmm. single time you try to ban something on planet Earth, the human brain works the opposite way. But we're going to find a way around 100%. it. But there was there are processes that could have been done better. So what we see, like I was saying, now we can argue against anti-doping all that we want 
But the mm-hmm. reality is there were countries that abused the shit out of that system for prestigious sake. And sure, the, the, the video that I just made displayed the East German doping machine. They had a, a system called, uh, it was called like Project 1425. And they were giving athletes, without the athlete's knowledge, they were just saying, you must take these supplements. And these supplements harmed a lot of athletes. There was a massive court case about this. There was a, a, a woman in particular, right, that came out about it? That yes. Um, is now a man, like yes. has transitioned. She transitioned into a man. She said, look at what you've done to me in the courtroom. Um, there was a woman uh, who had ovarian cysts. There's a bunch of women who were never able to have children. There were a bunch of men who died from liver failure. There were a bunch of men who had to have gynecomastia surgery. That is, and they were the, done. That was out there without their knowledge. That was totally. It was like it wasn't that's just. That's fucked up. That's, well, crazy. So that's, that's they, crazy. They, no, so some of they ended up figuring it out. Like they're not fucking idiots. You know, right. it's like I take these pills, I go fast, swim faster. Okay, <laughs> but at the same time, like I'm having these really, this really crazy shit is happening in my body. One woman said, "I'm not taking these pills. I'm not fucking doing it." And she was in East Germany at they the said, time. Take a hike. Um, and, and they were like, okay, fine. Don't take them. So she didn't take them. Her times got slower. They threw her in the shitty person lane and they never saw her again. She just stopped swimming for that country. And that was it. And and like, so it's like, yeah, we can say as much as we hate anti-doping, there are children being given hormones at puberty. There are. Like that shit still happens. Wait, wait, wait. We, I'm not saying point, I, I'm not. I, yeah, that is fucked that up. Is I'm not point. saying I hate anti-doping. I'm just also no, acknowledging no, that there's a reality. That actually, that's a very important what? point because a lot of people will make the argument: Why do we care? Let's just let doping. Let, let's have like it's. We want to see the best people perform Dude, at the highest to, level. Go to like Romania. Go to. It's problematic. Go to when you, when uh, you get Kazakhstan. Yeah. Go to any of these countries and like really see how their Olympic system works. And if they have an opportunity to shine on the world stage in some yep. way, uh-huh. they're going to take that. They're going to take well, that. them. It's like a very prestigious Absolutely. thing. Absolutely. They have so much incentive to do it. Absolutely. And, uh, whereas Egypt, America is the contrarian. In Egypt that point was just banned, uh, from worlds from, uh, in, from 2020 worlds because they were caught giving 14 year olds, uh, compounds. Uh, Tatiana Kasharina, one of the greatest, if not the greatest, female weightlifter of all time, was popped at 14 years old as a youth. You know, this this isn't just something where you know. And and I bring these things up, and again, everyone just points to, oh, you're just being a U.S. dude. If this shit was happening in the U.S., I would fucking hammer the shit out of them. I don't care. I don't mm. give a shit. But look. This is funny because everyone's going to be like, oh, Zach's trying to take the moral high ground and be like natural. No, like I think anti-doping is a completely failed program. It's much like D.A.R.E. It's much like uh, <laughs> when we when, look, this is I actually brought this That's up funny. at a podcast. Um, I, I don't know what, whose podcast it is, but if you think about um, the D.A.R.E. program and if you think about the idea w- w- it was with sex. um, just say no, would, or whatever just say they call no. it. No, that yeah. was that was dr- it, it a drug was, thing. Um, they, they had some term for it, like for? abstinence. Or abstinence, whatever. yes. Yeah. Uh, okay. So so look. So we have dare, we have abstinence, and now we're at a place with steroids where there's a little bit more commercial use, and we're finding out what is not working 
as a whole. So, we're in this we're in this place right now that mm-hmm. I think people need to understand St- the steroid conversation and hormones conversation as a whole, um, and not just in sports, but in in public, like. We're at a place where we need to find a way that works because, and I, you know what, whose podcast it was? It was the, the Mark Bell's PowerCast. Power and project. I came up with this. I was like, we're at that stage right now. The war on drugs happened in the 80s. The abstinence shit happened in the 50s. The idea about hormones to women, men, children, whomever, we're in that phase right now. We're figuring where it we out. We need to saying? figure out what works so this is actually I don't know I'm if glad a, you, is there an answer to that yeah no but i'm glad you took the conversation this direction because i really want your take on you know we're gonna get to the the big the elephant in the room eventually but the thing that i'm most interested in what we spend a lot of time talking about together here is it's 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 pervasiveness in in not just the world of fitness but now it's bled out everywhere else right like we're gonna get to the liver king stuff but it's presence in the world of film actors, like people talk about The Rock all the time, mm-hmm. and it's presence mm-hmm. in the fitness world in general, where it is this unspoken, unsead thing. So yeah, pull, you, pull you, the yes. old you just, you just said rock. that we're figuring this it out, is, and I completely, and yeah. I think that that's a really eloquent way to phrase it. So what what do you think? What, I, we're I figuring it out, but how do you frame that conversation look, to people? Look, here's, here, here's exactly, <laughs> yeah, I'm, I love yeah, so if we look All at natural it, baby, yeah, look at that so, guy. So um, I'm jacked. Oh, can I tell you well, one? That's that, can I tell you though. something that pisses me off? Yeah. <laughs> that's and this, so not real. This, and I could be wrong, and if I'm wrong, I apologize. But there is this thing that people just accept as truth, and that is that Ronnie Coleman was natural until his 30s, and then decided that he was. Uh, never going to win unless he did drugs. So then he started doing drugs, and that's when he became the Ronnie Coleman we know today. These are all photoshopped, Have you by seen the way. Ronnie Coleman in high school? On the that right? guy was on steroids. Oh, look at them. In my opinion. Could type in? Can you type in Ronnie Coleman high school football? I've seen guys. I know guys who took steroids in high school. It's like you're not dieting like a bodybuilder, right? So you're not going to be vascular. You're not going to be all those things. You're telling me... Can we see the? Yeah, you know he was like deadlifting like yeah, seven, eight hundred pounds. He also when he did was powerlifting. He also did... yeah. Hold on, go to that one right there, fifty-seven. Uh, the second one from the top. Yeah, no, I high school, bro. That's possible. I've seen. I mean, dude... are you out of your mind? His he's got like twenty-one inch arms. Yeah, dude. Are you kidding me? That's... Genetics are a hell of a drug. I mean, oh, 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 th- I want to get back on track with this because okay. I, yeah, I think I think it's really this. important. Okay, so okay. we on Mark Bell's PowerCast, we talked about there is a, and I will use your line. There is this truth that everyone talks about. Yeah, as long as you're open about use, it's okay. And the pushback from that is okay. You're open about use, and you are very proactive about knowledge you're very proactive about hey here oh, are the right. consequences I made, I made a comment on something yeah about he, this. here are the consequences here is what could happen if you take steroids this is negative things this is positive things knowledge a t- completely gr- like really open and honest and you say kids do not take these steroids now let's just say i am the rock and i say Yes, I've taken PEDs for the last 10 years. Um, 30. I have a lot of knowledge on <laughs> yeah. it. Yeah, whatever, however many years. I have a lot of knowledge on it. 
you guys shouldn't do this unless you are determined to blah, 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 blah. An 18 year old kid sees that and goes, wait a minute. So you, <laughs> you're telling me not to take drugs, but you're a millionaire and you're like the most famous human on earth. Like highest I don't paid care. actor in yeah, Hollywood. Like I don't four years care what negative health benefits there are. Or, or, sorry, not negative health. Benefits. God, that sounds ridiculous. I don't care what <laughs> negatives there are. Yeah. Um, it doesn't like consequences. Yeah. I think is what you're trying to say. Mark said, "Yeah." So Mark said, "He's like, yeah." So uh, I go out late and I drink and I have sex with women, but don't drink, don't go out to bars, right? right? Like I go out to bars, I party and I have sex with women, but like drinking and going out to bars is bad. Tell that to a fucking teenage kid and like see what he says. Like I think I'm gonna take that risk because the upside sounds pretty fucking good. So this is what we battle with. Do if the Rock, if if Hemsworth, if all these people open up, is that actually better? There's another for layer society to this problem than just shutting up and not talking about it. There's another layer to this problem, and that's that the majority of people that kids are looking up to are not 50 year olds. They're guys in their mid twenties who are not yet seeing the impact of their PED abuse, but they're right? getting the positive benefits of it. Well, correct? Yeah. No. So what I'm saying is the Success, people you're so talking I, about successful twenty. So I'm saying let, let's use Larry Wheels. He's an easy example, right? Yep. He's successful, absolutely jacked out of his mind. Uh, you know, probably the most famous. open powerlifter yeah. or fitness personality ever to yep. talk about his this stuff. Audience is all teenage kids for the majority you know the vast majority are teenage kids hello friends we wanted to remind you about our exclusive offer from element for hybrid unlimited listeners you can snag a free gift when you purchase your pack of element over at www.drinkelement.com hybrid that's www.drinklmnt.com hybrid you can also find that link in the show notes or over on the podcast instagram page if you sweat, you need Element. It's the tastiest electrolyte supplement on the market, trusted by athletes at the highest level. We love it, and we know you will too. All right, back to the show. Something that does need to be said in the same breath as being open about this stuff is being open about the really negative stuff. We just sat down on our last podcast. It was either the last one or the time before, and I told everyone, I have a, we have a clip up about this. It's like, I'm actually terrified about the health consequences because of the abuse going on in the bodybuilding world and other places. Mm -hmm. Like... It's being abused so much. You see body... Go look at Generation Iron. If you go look yeah, at the headlines yeah, yeah. on Generation Iron, you're going to see bodybuilders dropping dead left and fucking Wait, right. I, and I know that. I know abuse exists, right? But... Right. Like, it, it comes you, down to being like, look, here is a, here is a millionaire, 30-year-old, ripped. He's open about his PED use. I don't that, think that's going right to do anything there, to deter people. I no, think that no, would no. probably encourage no, that's, 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 that's what I'm right. getting at. Yeah, that's yeah. the problem. Is like, yeah. okay, we're beckoning people to be open about steroid use, but what are the implications of that? And so we're saying, seeing the same thing. If we follow the idea around drug use, right, and we say that the war on drugs and dare was bad, but as long as we're open about what use does and and how you can use wisely, we can mitigate the problem. Can the same thing be said about hormones? Can the same thing – and then we look at abstinence. We look at um, complete abstinence from sex. Well, we realize that that actually didn't work at all. So yeah. then being open about it and that allowing people to experiment and be smart and talk oh, about the problems that could exist, we realized – 
that worked as well. Can we do the well, same right, thing so with steroids? On, Can on. we do the same thing no, with hormones? We just, we just sat down with... Remember, we just no one, nobody other than a doctor is qualified to talk yes. about it. So we just sat so down with like, Jeff Whitmer, remember? Yep. That, that's what I love saying. that and podcast, just, And since the then, yeah. so many people have hit me up and asked my opinion of whether or not they should do testosterone or, you know... PEDs and whether I'm for or against them, I'm like, you know what? I'm not a doctor. I don't even feel comfortable commenting on it. I'm like, if you want actual answers, here are professionals that can help you. Okay. But this so is the way to rephrase the conversation because there's a big nuance. And I think we should talk about that before we go anywhere else with this. Right. There's a huge difference. And we talked about this all over that podcast. There is a, there is a fundamental difference between the use of TRT and, and performance and enhancing doing drugs. Steroids. There is no yeah. medical benefit known to man for taking trenbolone. <laughs> right. In medicinal okay. doses monitored by a doctor, testosterone can be beneficial for certain people. So that's the nuance. A doctor should be answering that right, question. Right, not us. We have right. no business making the judgment call. We have no business saying right, wrong. There is no objectivity in the answer to that, to so that every question. Every single fitness influencer, millionaire who's fucking jacked, who takes steroids, all of their answers should be... Go I'm not qualified to talk yeah. about it. Yes. Go talk to somebody who is. Um, so I know that Derek, his answer is probably not. Not what? Don't take it. Probably not. I think that's right. But generally if fair. You, if you really want to know, go see a doctor. Yeah. Get your bloods done. And not just get your bloods done. Get your fucking full panel done. Don't get like, don't get some like half-assed walgreens phlebotomy <laughs> bullshit like get yeah. everything done and get it looked at by a doctor if that's what you're interested in what he said was really interesting about merrick was he's like 50 to 60 percent of their clients are completely not using hormones at all so they will get their full blood panels done and then they will have suggested supplementation and multivitamin and vitamins given to them they're not given to them on that yeah um and they were saying that like the majority of people just want to know what their blood work looks like now if somebody sees something really wrong with your thyroid really wrong with you know like you're really hypogonadal like you're not producing any testosterone like then that's when you meet with a doctor you individually assess whether you should take it now here's the thing hopefully that people can deliver that but i can tell you right now if a kid says if if somebody says uh go see your doctor i take this i take this i do this i do this but go see your doctor and a kid has an opportunity to take testosterone and replicate anything of what that person says they're going to just take that opportunity That's they're what, going to take yeah. whatever shortcut they can well it's, so, a, it's also much cheaper to just buy much from the, cheaper from yeah, the underground market. labs yeah but it, but that's the problem is like that's that's why i don't think people should talk about any sort of dosage or particular compounds or any of that stuff well because you, you want to say had somebody tell PEDs, you what to do maybe that's okay it's, they're insane but but do you even see then, how now, yeah, do you see how now then, we're parsing through the verbiage that you should be able to use? It's very, it's a weird, weird thing. And I'm it's also, you, we're in a fucking phase, right. man. But, but I think also the, as a professional, it's, it's very strange because like an example that I've used in the past is like, if you're an engineer, right? And you're sitting at a bar mm -hmm. and some guy asks you about some engineering concept. Are you going to, and he's just some dummy. Yeah. Are you going to try to explain to this dummy in engineering terms how things work? Like you can't. 
Yeah. Right. So it's like if if you're somebody who's self-taught and you've been in the space and you spend a lot of time and, you know, you've spoken to the correct doctors and all that stuff, it's like you could be an athlete at the highest level ever and you actually have a good knowledge about, uh, you know, PEDs and all this stuff. You're not officially qualified to speak on it, but you do have a good knowledge. Are you going to try to explain to like the layman what, like why that's okay and, or and essentially, why it makes sense? You kind of so, can't. So that would be an argument as to just not saying anything. But the, the but, problem is the pressure on the internet from people being like- Do you have a problem with omission? That's what I'm battling with. That's this whole conversation. Don't. I will look like I personally don't, but I also personally do. It's like, do you have an issue with anti-doping? Well, I do, but I also don't. It's it's fucked up. We don't know the answer, and I guess we'll never really know what works until we see decades later what. what well, ends I think up I think there's some pretty easy lines in the sand here to draw, which will actually be a good transition into the next part of this conversation. Mm-hmm. That I know that we've all been waiting to get to, but. It, it depends on why you're being honest and it depends mm-hmm. on the, the purpose behind what you're saying. So on the internet, I, we talk about this all the time on the show. I personally have a huge problem with people that are promoting goods, services, products, lifestyles that are charlatans. And I, I cannot commend you enough for your commentary in that video because it was beautiful. I've never seen it. I've never seen it done so well. And I think great. that the way that you were able to explain it was wonderful. So this is something that I, yeah, for, for just yeah. for the record, before you go in that, I saw uh, Derek's video go out uh, like two hours. He, it was like two or four hours after he posted it, and I was watching it. I had no idea that you were in it. And then it gets to the part where you're in it. And I'm like, oh, fuck. I was telling He's my girlfriend famous. Valentina. Yeah. Like, oh, shit. That's my boy. Yeah. yeah. So actually, I, I, it's interesting. The process in which we did this was actually really cool. Um, Derek, he'd been watching some of my stuff and he actually DM'd me and he was like, hey man, um, I really like your videos and I like the, you know, the style in which you approach certain subjects. I have something that I would like to work with you on um, and it's something that you've talked about before. And it was obviously the Liver King thing and my, the what's interesting is we just talked about this. Mm. My initial Liver King video was talking about, hey, is it virtuous to talk about drug use? Like, does right. it really help anyone? Does it help if Chris Hemsworth comes out and says it? Or is it okay if he just doesn't say it and whatever? And the, the, the main issue that everyone had was, like you said, if they're selling something based off of their body – then there's an issue there. There's a distinction being, to be made though, right? Because right. you can be Phil Heath, right? Mm-hmm. And sell your knowledge in a program. As long as the positioning isn't look like me by doing right. this program. Yes. Right? And so so when we – yes, 100%. That, that would be the, uh, a good stipulation, but that's a minor – I mean that's I think there has to be crowd. a level of honesty to those people. So if you're in that position, if you're selling mm-hmm. something based on your lifestyle – yeah. You can't disclaim enough. You can't disclaim. Like, the more you disclaim, the better. So if Phil Heath, even though he probably doesn't have to, if he did disclaim, like, hey, guys, I take PEDs in case you don't know, that's great. Like, do it. We're not going to say. Sure. No. At least you get you the know? conversation out of yeah, the way. You get it out of the way. So so he came to me, and he, and that was my initial video, and he said, this is something that I have. Um, we 
you know, I have these emails. I have, uh, I've been talking to the uh, bodybuilding coach that he's reached out to to, you know, work on his his steroid use. And um, I was like, wow, okay, uh, yeah, I'm totally down. Let's do. Did this. he just initially approach you to do that bit that you did, or was it no, like no, a collaborative like, effort? We want to, we want to do this. So what? And what I, was your role behind the scenes? So yeah, so basically, what happened from there was like, okay, um, let me write out an outline, and I just i i took a few hours, I made out an outline basically to the minute of what we wanted to accomplish, and this is where I think a lot of people's takes miss the mark. The main thing we wanted to accomplish here was to point out that the f- the fact that this man was taking steroids is not what we were actually getting at. We wanted to hold a mirror up to the people that love the heel that are that okay, so the main takeaway was nobody's shocked that Liver King is on steroids. Like, oh, shocker, you know, like and I get that. That needs to be That's said. That's easy to say from, to a, from our perspective. No, but, but to the everyone layman. was saying, like, every comment was like, if you didn't think he was on steroids, you're an idiot. Like, No, but, but even that, look at when Derek went on More Plates, More Dates. Or, sorry, when Derek from More Plates, More Dates went on Rogan. And he, they're, they're, they're talking about it. And they're like, maybe the 0.001% can look like that without drugs. There were a few people that thought, no, they can't. Yeah, so they just so can't. The right? main thing, the main thing that I wanted to get at was like, hey, you know, um, so uh, he was he was featured on UFC like a, a UFC fight, um, and they go, oh, there's the Liver King, and it's like he like goes like this, to, <laughs> no shirt, like there, no shirt, apparently smelled like garbage so too. We <laughs> can we can say, oh, this guy's on steroids. Everyone knows he's on steroids, but yet he can reach there that picture right there, but yet he can reach reach pinnacle pop culture and no one has an issue with it. He's the lovable heel. It's until somebody says, hey, he's here's the proof that he's on steroids. Right. Everyone can now disavow this guy. Everyone can now Do you think say, that's impacted him negatively though? Well, I think he's, uh, I think, I don't think so. It maybe, looks like he's gotten not. even more popularity All, out of it. The, the, and then my portion of it. So, so basically I made the outline. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, I sent it back to, back to Derek. He said, okay, this is great. We had it like minute by minute, how we wanted to do it. I filmed my part, which was the charlatan part. And the reason why I was so invested in this charlatan idea is because there was a lot of influencers who would, were making me really frustrated with the way they went about things. And what I would initially do is press record and be like, God, this, fuck this guy. Blah, blah, blah. And then I would press <laughs> record. yourself? It. Yeah. And I, okay. I was, you know, I'd be like, he's so wrong about this and he's such an idiot. And, you know, and being very vitriolic. And then I would press record and then I'd almost press send on that. I'd almost put that on my YouTube. But then I would take it down and I would want to be like, Do you have like a cooling off period? Yes. And like I a twenty four hour, like let yes. me see if I still feel my like cooling the same off. Way. You wanna know what my cooling off is? Writing. So I write a script. So uh, when okay. I write, I'm much more even keeled and much more balanced. Oh, that's cool. And so then I write. And then when I realize that I write, I wanna break down what it is that actually made me mad. And so the 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 best tool that I could find that would help me parse through what actually makes me man mad is defining 
what that charlatan is and what a lot of the charlatans do. I call it the charlatan playbook. Mm-hmm. It's sacred knowledge. It's in-group versus out-group. It is, um, you know, a lot of it's media attention and then salesmanship. So those are the things that you're going to see across the board. In-group, out-group, it's like this. Here's my methodology. Um, other methodologies work, but uh, this is mine. This is what I found has worked. That's not what a charlatan can do. Mm-hmm. A charlatan has to say, this is my methodology. Let me tell you why every other methodology is wrong. Okay. Here's what I know. You guys cannot accomplish this without what I know. That's called sacred knowledge. Would so, you Would you throw somebody like Mark, Mark Ribito into that in category? In certain instances, yes. Um, he loves to disparage other methodologies. Right. And what I like to think is like, so I used Joel Seedman as an example. I used um, Goda as an example. Who's the, Goda? Goda is... Oh, they're hilarious. Yeah. Their shit's so funny. They, yeah. get, they have a whole meme page the dedicated reason, to them. The reason why I went at both of those two is because of the verbiage that they use. Mm-hmm. These things cannot exist fundamentally as if mine exists. So Joel Seedman, his thing is like, we want to be at 90 degree angles. That's like his thing. So when he squats, it's actually oh, above a the, half squat. What's his uh, Instagram handle? Isn't it it's something? Joel Seedman. Oh, but it's the guy that's and, like, if you squat below it, you're an idiot. Yes. Okay. And so okay. that's it. That's the in-group and out-group. Yeah. If you squat below right. parallel, you're an idiot. Um, Goda says that if you do anything that's like a compound movement, like a deadlift or some sort of whatever, you're creating reverse movement technology is what they say. So that can exist. That's the out group. Reverse we movement exist, technology? It's ridiculous. Yeah, it sounds got, like a Scientology Have you ever term. gotten into those those uh, human movement guys? What are they called? Yeah, uh, What's primal, that primal movement yeah, people? There's also functional uh, patterns. Uh, what's the one that they have a little cult and everyone freaks out? Functional patterns. One, one of those guys told me one time that my kneecap looks like a cashew. And I said... Okay. <laughs> I don't know what that means, but so, I'm w- way better at literally everything than you. So, yeah. so what's your point? <laughs> so that's where, where I went with was like, okay, so I'm, I'm creating. It is functional. I, I, that was the one. I wanted to, yeah. to, to figure out why yeah. I dis- had absolute disdain for charlatans. And if we look at Liver King, he follows the charlatan playbook to a T. Now, he's currently being sued for $100 million. Liver King? Yes. Ooh. He's being currently sued like for a $100 million dollars class or? action um, because he was made. it was made to believe that doing what he did, which was eating you know, animal organ meat. That feels opportunist to me. Yeah. And it's likely – who knows what will happen in court, but – the like, the two he, parts that I think you guys actually might have talked about yeah. that that was really important, really really important. Everyone overlooked this because everyone wanted to focus on the emails. There's a part in the email where he called his shot. He said, "I want to be ripped year round, and mm-hmm. I want to be at a million Instagram followers by this point, and I'm going to do it that. with this body. I'm going to do it with the way that I look." That was his mission. That right. was his statement. None of it had to do with health. None of it had to do. And if it did have to do with health, they are now congruent. They're now locked into each other. So we have the body mm-hmm. and the message. They're locked t- together. So when you lock those two together, if you're lying about how you got your body, you're lying about your message. You're lying about everything. 
that's what we wanted to get at. That was like the main thing. And Derek and I, we just kept sending videos and videos to each other of him on these podcasts while we're making this thing behind the scenes. It's like for the last, you know, five, six months, four months, however was that long, how long you yeah. guys were making that video. We for? were making this video wow. for a long time. And he kept going on these podcasts saying the same shit over and over again, denying steroid use. You know what's the crazy thing, though? And not to detract from what you're saying, and I want to hear your point also. Yeah, because I've got a big, big, meaty, hairy thought about this whole thing. Hang on to that. But the nine ancestral tenants that he has, eat, sleep, move, connect, shield, cold, sun, fight, and bond, like, those are all, like, I agree with all of those, right? And I think that if you look at pictures of him before, there, there. You know, he's posted videos of his or pictures of his evolution. Him as just a regular, fit guy, I feel like he could have, he might not have reached, you know, the level of fame that he reached through looking ridiculous and being so, uh, such a contrarian and and being such a divisive figure, but he could have definitely done. Like move the needle, and especially I, I think, uh, b- before you go into your thing, yeah. his the his whole thing is I made hundreds of millions of dollars before this, allegedly, and, and this really hasn't done much for me, which is a lie, of course. That's a, right? that's a massive. But lie. let's let's take him at his word, right. right? If this is true, and he says I was already making so much money, this hasn't really done anything. I'm just trying to spread the good word of my nine ancestral tenets. Then it's like, well, you could have done that. You could have done that without looking this way and having this character right. and and, well, so and having this whole farce. This is where he can take, again, he can take this stance of being like, I was just trying to spread my message. And that's what he said in the, the apology. Mm. The apology thing was like, when I got big like this, it was to get more eyes on me so I could get more eyes on the message. And that is patently false. And we that's what we wanted to point out. You were getting so much more benefit out of this than just delivering your message to more people. You were yeah. making much more money. You were becoming much more famous. And you were you were open about utilizing that fame and that money. Mm-hmm. So you weren't being humble about this. It. Is this wasn't? Uh, it's like the a ch- humanitarian. Effort. This is like this the, was a business plan. The, yeah, the church people. You know the the guys, the private jet church guys, Joel Osteen, mm. the rich ass church guys. It's the same <laughs> shit. You can't <laughs> just say, "Well, my guys. message is to preach the word of God." Like, yeah. no matter what I do, I'm saved because I'm preaching this word. It's like, no, that's that's bullshit. Everything in religion, everything is, says to not do that. Right. You know. So, you know, the, the thing that this really highlighted for me, which we've been talking, we talk privately about this all the time, just sharing people that I, and I'm not going to name names here because it, the fitness world is very small, but I, I have a serious problem with this, not just this guy, but I feel like this is happening on a very, very pers- pervasive level. And we touched on this topic earlier, right? We talked about the impact of young men and this kind of feeling of misplaced you know, angst and, and, and needing to belong and, you know, what is the way forward, right? And I feel like this model is being replicated ad nauseum by everybody in the fitness industry right now. I would say everyone in the pop, uh, everyone in the content creator industry, like True, just content creators. There's a lot of people that are selling 
mastermind classes to like mentorship programs they're teaching you how to be successful when people mm -hmm. the f the problem that i have with that is that you don't realize that you're the product you know you don't go to tony robbins because he's going to tell you how to be successful you're paying three ten thousand dollars to go take a course you're the product to him and I see this happening all the time mm. now. People are adopting themselves into these into these cult of personalities. Yeah. Andrew Tate is one of them, right? Yeah. He's promising you that by following his methods and escaping the matrix, you are now going to understand the way forward to be successful. And beyond that, the thing that I think is even worse, there's these, I don't know what the term is. I know that he's one of them. We've talked about it, manfluencers. Yeah. These people the that are attracting... People the disaffected young men of this world that people yeah. claim to exist. That might be true, but people are enrolling them in their ideology. I've seen guys like Elliot Hulse and yeah. a ton of other ones. Andrew Tate's a great example, but they're selling you on this idea that you're unhappy because you don't know how to be a man. And I'm going to be the one to teach you that yeah. because no one else knows. The funny thing is it's no different than um, one of my friends, his name's Aaron Alexander. Uh, and he does this thing. He's the align method. He's a really great dude. And he was saying, he's like, you grow up your whole life being told what you're missing. And then companies tell you how to fill that. Mm. And so what is interesting is that's, like that's, the newest. That's raw, man. Yeah. The newest Oof. thing that we are missing, quote unquote, that we're missing is how to be a man. That's the message. But what the fuck is that? Right. It's 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 a total. It's, it's a not. Well, first of all, it's not it's testosterone, and it's not money. It's, it's partially same. true. Well, of course, yeah. It's partially true. Yeah, but true. that's that is what sales is all about. It's like you can always have a workaround as to why this is true. Like, yeah. hey, are you unhappy with uh, your love life? You're your not pulling life. enough chicks. Yeah, like. I can always argue as to why we're less of a man than we are. But right. for some reason, now it's much more of a pervasive thing. Due to, you know, you have to create the problem and you have to sell the problem just as much as you sell the problem. You might not have ever the, thought there was a problem. I have a question. Exactly. I have a question. And this is not to take away from your point because I do agree with your point. But have you ever seen your father's high school yearbook and what those – Absolute studs looked like fucking mustaches. men looked yeah. like, dude. There was mustaches. I mean, dude, there was a thousand mustaches. I'm sure graduating my, class. My dad and my they dad all looked like fucking men, dude. And here's the crazy thing, too. Have you seen a grade yeah. twelve graduating class yeah. now? Your, so, like, your dad. What they, they all have that hair. What's the haircut called now? I don't that know. All the zoomers the broccoli. Have? Is that what you call yeah, it? The broccoli cut. Yeah. Yeah. I can. It, I can instantly like, identify. Like this, it. That's what it's called. If it was like broccoli cut, it was like ten inches longer on the top. It's like it'd be that. So. Um, your dad, what what year did he graduate? Oh, Just ballpark it. Was it 80s? Early 80s. Okay, my dad graduated in 65. Oh. And if you want to see a fucking yearbook, 65, graduating class of Peoria High School, Richwoods, that... These motherfuckers look awesome, dude. My dad looked old. <laughs> they look my cool dad as hell, dude. looked older in high school than he looks now. Yeah. He was just fucking jacked. Had the the M part <laughs> okay, haircut. Okay, okay. mustache. This is just bro. This looked is, insane. Yes. Okay, so I was like, dude. I was looking at when I graduated grade twelve. I looked at my graduating class. I'm like, dude, we're all a bunch of weenies yeah. compared to these guys. <laughs> so like, there is some truth to it, but I get but what you're saying. Not to the degree at which right. you're yeah, yeah. selling people no, the uh, idea that you're not. I have a really they're funny. Point. They're taking I have that a point really funny story about the Hustlers University. Do you guys know the game Odds On? 
No, it's like what's odds that? on you. So I say like, oh yeah, odds okay. on you doing this, oh, okay. and then yeah, you give yeah. me the odds, and then we go one, two, three, and then we shout the number at the same time. If we get it at the same time, you have to do the thing. So I'm let's do one. So okay, well I have to give you that. This is hilarious. I'm I'm in uh, Vegas with Chris, my roommate, Chris Williamson, who's got a really successful podcast. You have the studios beside each other. I yeah, saw that. Yeah. Um, and uh, there's actually a bunch of people that just show up to support Chris because he's doing a podcast with David Goggins. He, he's one of oh, two wow. people to have done a podcast with David Goggins over the course of the next <laughs> eight years. David Goggins will not do another podcast for the next four years. So my, wow. my roommate Chris was able well, to so get him it. and Rogan. Yep. Him and Rogan. Wow. So we're like, this is a big deal. We're going to Vegas. We're going to have a lot of fun with you. It's, we're going to support you. He did the podcast and his buddy from dubai who's actually from the uk chris hilarious yeah chris is hilarious guy he comes in to support chris as well we become fast friends like immediately we're just boys i just know he's a good dude and he teaches me about odds on and we do it throughout (laughs) the day like odds on you you know jumping in the pool right now and whatever and so chris gets done with his big show at with david goggins we're fucking we're loving life we go to omnia to just have fun, like let loose a little bit. Wait, what's and Omnia? Omnia is a club in in Vegas. It's oh, cringy. Okay. It's just shitty. Whatever. We went, and we're like not being club. Like the only thing on our mind right now is making each other laugh, and that's the best. When you go with your buddies out, and you're not trying to like get chicks or do anything like that, you're just trying to be funny. That's those are the best nights out, and. Chris's friend was just on a roll and he goes up to me, he goes, Zach, odds on you getting Hustlers University membership right now. And I go one to 20. We go one, two, three, we'll say 13 at the same time. <laughs> I'm in the middle of the club. It's like, bench, bench, bench. And pe- and I open up my phone and I enroll in Hustlers University <laughs> oh, shit. in the middle of the club. And Chris is like, he's like, he's got like little pee stain because he's, he's laughed so hard. He's like, he's like literally he peed himself? purple, like just pee, you know, just a little bit of pee comes out. He's just like, you know, like we're just fucking cackling in, in a club with people like, yeah, you know, and I'm just fucking signing up for Hustlers University. Escaping we get in the Matrix, it. actually. Yes. Yeah. It's like, welcome to the real world. Good for you. And it's just a. Uh, How's it feel? Yeah, well, you know, you all laugh now, but when I have a, <laughs> when I have a successful drop shipping company or a successful uh, copywriting wait, business, wait, so you, I'm gonna fucking be laughing at you guys. Wait, yeah, so just wait till this guy's in this. Yes, uh, that's the point. What I did. Fuck, odds on. Come just, on, talk well, about no, it. Well, like, so, just wait so, till he's moving fifty thousand units of Gatorade. That's right, baby. For Jeff Bezos. That's right. That's I'm, escaping. When the my Amazon affiliate <laughs> drop shipping copywriting business is big, I'm gonna be the one laughing at you motherfuckers okay but just anyway put us on the this guy's up so, to just put us so on the jet. Three, five you get in. he made 1200 bucks yeah 1300 bucks oh so, my god so you get into Escape the hustlers university oh, and you know it's legit well, on, let me tell someone, you what it looks like when someone's showing cash I, in their car go to over to I, the right can i tell you what it looks like can i tell you <laughs> what it looks 50s. like 50s listen marcus marcus <laughs> hey this guy paid 900 bucks <laughs> no it's 20s with 150 on the right Oh, oh damn! No wait, nine hundred bucks. Nine hundred bucks for two yeah, parts of a website. Up. What the fuck? Okay, so look, <laughs> idiot. You sign up. You go through the whole process of onboarding. It's like, do you have any expendable cash? Like all the shit, and then you get put into a Discord server. Right. That's it. That's it. And you can sit in on like guys talking. Guys talking and well, what'd talk- you learn? It's all- nothing that you can't learn from how a to, YouTube. Video. How to sell stuff on Amazon? 
how to how to use but the... he puts out videos about how unprofitable drop shipping is so how's that one of his things there's clips of him because he's it. a fucking because it's not scam artist. Yeah, it's not drop That's shipping. not the right word. Marcus, Come on. Marcus, it's not drop shipping. There we go. Yeah. There go we ahead, go. Go it's ahead. not drop shipping, Marcus. You're fulfilling. Yeah. It's Fuck off. fulfillment. <laughs> You're working for Jeff. The only no. one making money is Jeff. No. no Tim's making money. I'm sorry. Tim's me. the gangster. All right. Hey, so... you're making a, a cool, a cold, hard $1,000 a month if you play your cards right. Do you right. know how hard it is to do that? No. To be Amazon dropshipping, copywriting, ChatGPT could copyright better than most humans now. Well, it's not that hard then. Okay, Just go yes. to ChatGPT. So look, all I'm saying is that's my story about Andrew Tate, Hustlers University. Did you guys see the wiretaps? No. No. Get on this. What do you mean, wiretaps? We've been going hard. We did a pizza review okay. the other day. This was the prior podcast. So Andrew Tate, this is the fucking greatest shit ever. Uh so there's oh, actually a Reddit tab. post where they have Admitting all of the wiretaps. Admitting to money laundering? Whoa, whoa, audio. Let's do the first one. Audio, the first whoa. One. Dude, the wiretaps are hilarious. Is that a video? He's just <laughs> this real, though? Dude, he goes like this. He goes, I, one of the Wait, things he says, there. hold up, hold up, hold up. One of the things he says is, I bet you know how I end up making so much money. This is one of the avenues by which I launder my money. He says that. He says the word launder. He says the word I launder. <laughs> there we go. You think he's but that they, dumb? Look at this. I've been doing this for a long time with a team of girls working on video chat. The company was fake, but this is how I laundered my dirty money. But he's talked about well, this whole thing. No on, on, I listened to him on he's the never, Send podcast. Yeah, but he's never once said laundering. No, uh, well, dirty I mean, that's money. pretty fucking stupid. That's yeah. a little exactly. bit incriminating, this dude don't you is think? Straight up criminal. Like it's he's going like, down. You know what's crazy is you can't just fucking say shit like this. Do you this. think he's in the same vein as the Liver King though? Uh, yeah, sure. I think he's worse. Yeah, he's probably worse Um, because he's just more widespread. Because here, the liver king, he's selling you on buying his supplements. Okay, you buy some shitty supplements, right? This guy is selling you on escaping the matrix and becoming a million, a multi-millionaire. And then you get in this thing and you make $1,000 a month doing Amazon drop shipping. You know, it's, that's, that's just... He that's something he knows is completely wrong. At least the nine ancestral tenants have some efficacy. Like, yeah, I could think, you live well, better? Look, here. But do you here, think that they're both out. charlatans look, up the same avenue? No, no, no. That's look, my question. Every charlatan has the cop out. I'm doing the right thing. Well, what's his cop out? His well, cop dude, out is he's doing the right thing. And and what well, by and, helping you escape the matrix? And that was no, a, well, that, that well, was a Lance well, Armstrong look, if move If we too, break down, if we right? break down, hold on to that. Hold on. If we're going back there, if we break down Andrew Tate's thing all the way down the line to somebody who actually is a positive influence for men i don't know what that who that person is or what that person is. you think rogan is potentially go go train go invest in yourself go try and find good loving relationships question understand what it means to be a man and if you don't understand search and take in you know accounts from Women, men, like... Do you have a person who you learn? think is the ultimate? Like, for you personally, where you look to that person and you say, this guy's actually got it figured out. This is someone everyone should be listening to? Mm. No, it, mm, I don't know. I always think this. This is actually my thought. On, I would say on, Lex Friedman, but he's too yeah, squeaky. He's I, too squeaky clean. I, I, Something's going on, right? So I, I would say oh, this. Like on. when people, <laughs> he's a nice this, Jewish boy. You this can't was say the that. theory that There's I something. He's I got can, skeletons. <laughs> this was the theory that I had, where like, um, I, 
I, I can I can put it in with training as well. So okay. if you don't know the answer, as long as you're working, you're doing better than so many people. So I can liken it to, should I power jerk or should I split jerk? I don't know. Try both. As long yeah. as you're working, as long as you're experimenting, as long as you're going out and doing it, you're so much better than the person that is just constantly thinking and arguing and debating it. Now, mm. when we look at something like the words, something like toxic masculinity, it's kind of difficult to parse through what is toxic masculinity. What's the line? What's good amount of masculinity? What's toxic? I don't know. What What does it mean to be a man? What is it? You know, what, all of these different things. As long as you're doing the work of like trying and working to understand it, you're in a better place. So mm-hmm. I think that anyone, in my opinion, that's saying that, that's level-headed and middle and gives chances to both sides and tries to find something balanced, that's someone who I stick with. That's someone who I would say every single time, that's someone who you should listen to. And I, I can't... Hold that page. Yeah, uh, I, I can't say exactly who, who that is. I mean, I think, honestly, if we listen to Rogan, uh-huh. he's like that uh, a decent amount of times. There's certain times with... You know, where and and I would do the same thing is if he has somebody on who is um, leaning a certain direction, he will join in on that and he'll become more to a certain side when he should normally be in middle ground and maybe push back. Mm-hmm. But in general, I think, yeah, like he is pretty balanced. I mean, there was a part. This was crazy. Like. I can't even mention the words Joe Rogan to my family because they'll be like, oh, you know, you know, they're. They're pretty on the left, and they mm. think, okay, well, where do you they're sit? programmed to believe that you know Joe Rogan. Where, where do you put yourself that. on the spectrum? Totally as much in the middle as I can. As like much the, the modern day middle, or like what the middle used to be. The, the modern day middle, um, but I I enjoy arguing on the left because it's harder for me. It's something as if where you were on the left. I'm totally. I, I find myself biasing to the right a lot more. So I like to argue on the left you a little bit f- more. You feel like to... you've been pushed to the right? A little bit. Yeah, I feel a little so. Bit. But hold on. I, I, I wanted to say with the, the Joe Rogan thing, he had Matt Walsh on. And he had a really good exchange with Matt Walsh that if I sent that to my mom or other people who think that Joe Rogan is just – like the JR word. Like we don't mention Rogan in this <laughs> fucking on. household. He's a bad guy. CNN and MSNBC say he's a bad guy. Wow. If I send that clip to them, they're going to be like, wait a minute. I totally had this guy wrong. And I think that's the beauty of that guy. Well, because Matt Walsh is so much farther right than him. Yeah. It was but, the, it was the, it but was I the do gay like marriage Walsh. thing. And it was the abortion the thing. thing. That was the, the argument thing. where I felt like, wow, Rogan actually showed a lot of middle ground here and actually yeah. leaned a little left and it's they lose know, me on like the far right people mm-hmm. or just right in general they lose me when they talk about gay marriage and uh abortion mm-hmm. and for most of the other stuff i feel like fairly aligned with but it's as soon as you're just like gay people shouldn't be married i'm like Right. I and mean, he, he makes Matt Walsh digged him, dug himself in a hole there he, and he didn't know how to get. Those are probably things he just should have not brought up. Yeah. If he wanted to get his point across. And then the other thing was the abortion thing. Like, you obviously, know, I think that we find ourselves now because like I, I'm, yeah. I'm I talked about it before. Like I'm a registered independent. I'm in the middle. I vote, you know, just based on the character of the person. But I feel like we're finding ourselves 
in very hot water as a, as a culture now because we're taking things to the extreme and there's no nuance to the conversation. Like, it's fine to say that you agree that gay people should be allowed to be married, have all the same mm -hmm. rights, because I 100% am yeah, in agreement with that. That doesn't necessarily mean you're in favor of all of these very far left ideologies. You know, there's there's a lot of stuff out there that is very disagreeable on the far left. That doesn't yeah. mean that if you agree with one part of it, you have to agree with the totality of it. I feel like having the nuanced conversation now, just like we were just doing about PDs and a lot of other really controversial subjects, mm -hmm. you have to slow people down. You have to say, wait on, hold on a second. I don't agree with we just the, We just I, had a group conversation about this a few yeah. days ago where this happened. Yeah, you just you you have to force people to slow down and say, listen, I'm not on the far left. I am not on the far right. I believe that there is things that you can agree with and disagree with. You can have beliefs that are mutually exclusive of one another. That doesn't necessarily mm. mean you have to yeah. agree with the position of the whole. I have to um, I'm going to pull up something here that. Uh... I do feel like Chris Rogan posted. is really, really good at moderating Airdrop that discussion. Airdrop it to George. Do you have, it, your, you have your... Airdrop it to George so we can pull it up. You know, I think the more that as adults, you know, because we're all... Fuck, we're all in our 30s now. The more that we I'll just, can I'll force just people it's just to have that nuanced conversation, here. slow down and just take a second and be like, listen, hold on. Mm. We don't have to go to the extremes on this. Yeah. I understand your point, but... Let's come back to the center and talk about the things that, you know, maybe we do have some common ground on. It's Twitter, not such an insane thing. Twitter is where a semi-famous semi person will th uh, post a throwaway thought while on the toilet or in a queue, only to have their tweet, which they thought about for all of three seconds, dissected and debated as if it were the culmination of their life's work. And what I think yeah, that this... can also be, that can also be talked about along the lines of uh like actual in-person conversation so what you'll see is snappy quirky tweets or snappy quirky videos that are 15 seconds long that give you zero nuance but if you decide to position yourself you must align with this snappy quick thing it's like there is no middle ground to be seen in a 15 second fucking clip mm -mm. right so it's like the fallacy of the sitcom Right. Yeah. Like you look at a, a sitcom like uh, Seinfeld. Right. Almost any negative interaction you see in Seinfeld or Friends or whatever, you can look at and say in real life, all that it would take to resolve the situation is two seconds after it, you just have a conversation about right. it. But that and never happens. So right? that's I think a lot of this is like, if you got an issue with me being in the middle. Let's talk about it. Mm -hmm. um, and then it, it goes from there. Like I remember someone being like, um, it, this is, this is a, an interesting thing is like, you know, racism and everything's just been a massively hot topic for the past mm -hmm. like three, four years. Um, and I remember someone saying, and this has been said a lot. It's like, well, I can't be racist cause I have black friends. Like, and that's, ultimately what like a, a racist person always yeah, says it's like dog right? let me let me well, slow you down there but let's for a say second. this sure. though like i think <laughs> i think that if you have a lot of experience with a certain group of people and you like them like and you understand that group of people because you're 
a part of that group because you uh, adore them, admire them, and love them, I think that absolutely gives you grounds to say that you do. Well, and like, one hundred percent. You know, and and that's there has we can't just look at someone like it's likely that if somebody has a lot of black friends, they don't dislike black people. Well, I'll they're not you, racist. I'll, I'll give you like, a perfect example of somebody who's really prominent in popular culture. Look at Bill Burr. He's married to a, a black woman, right? Joe Rogan is married to a black woman. Or he, or maybe they're divorced, but yeah. No, his, I think Joe Rogan's wife's white. No, well, his daughter is half black. Yes. I can't speak on the Joe oh, Rogan thing, okay. but at least yeah. Bill Burr, I know. No, no, that's actually true. He's married to a black 100%. woman. 100%. Joe and, Rogan is? Yeah, no, Joe Rogan either... I don't know his current marital status, but his daughter is half he, black. He keeps a lot, a lot private. Yeah. But yeah, I don't know. But Bill Burr... He has this sort of immunity now because for some reason, as long as you marry interracially, it seems like it's fine. He's yeah. like he, – he can he can say anything. He makes a ton of black jokes. He makes a ton of all these different Biracial jokes. Biracial daughter. 23 years oh, old. Oh, there you go. And that's the thing like I oh, think – Oh, adopted. But the but, – Oh, adopted? Oh, she's adopted. Oh, okay. Okay. Well, uh, my I didn't know he adopted a daughter. Bad. Yeah. That's I, cool. That, that, I mean, look, well, he I, keeps it all I can say this, like it's, it's again, it's just the individual you're, if you're a racist, you're a racist. Like if you have shitty stereotypes, you have shitty stereotypes. Nothing. I think if you have to say, I'm not racist before any statement, you're probably racist. Well, but what if someone calls you racist? What, what if someone say? says well, that you're racist? Well, Where's that a racist. come from? You're a bigot. Well, this is why I'm not, I wouldn't say. But like I would like the people you know, who, but doesn't that don't you see that as giving their an... statements? Like, have you ever heard someone who goes, "I'm not racist," but, and then they say something very racist? Oh, well, yeah. I mean, like that's, that's you know. So uh, <laughs> we, I actually had this conversation yesterday with Chris, and he, by the way, like, he is going to be, I think, at the forefront. He's writing this book called "The Mating Crisis," and mm-hmm. it's all about hypergamy and. Topics whoa, that whoa, whoa. so hypergamy. I've never hypergamy heard that is before. basically women determine the dating pool. Women because they date across, they date laterally or, or up. up. So what ends up happening is like you have a significant, like an ever decreasing amount of males that are suitable for the women, and an ever increasing. What's, what's, of, the, what's the reason for that though? Do you know what the stats are on that? Uh, pretty, no, pretty honestly, crazy. This is the first time I've women, ever heard this conversation. Women, but anyways, women divorcing men have something like a a 70% like they dominate like women divorcing men 70% 70% if they're college educated 90% so I that that's kind of off like he is an absolute beast on this and a lot of what he does in his podcast is talks to evolutionary psychologists um, and the mating crisis or the dating crisis, whatever you want to call it, is this other new era that we're in where we now have dating apps. We have more availability for women to have more suitors. So the hypergamy axis is like even greater. It's even crazier. Um, but we were actually talking about uh, masculinity, what it, what it means to be a man. And look, because uh, Vice had two big videos come out. One of them was like a feminist debate. It was a panel mm-hmm. of women. And then a week later they had a male debate. Before what you say what they man? say, what do you think it means to be a man? So, so this is actually and what we said. It is it. having um, testosterone and being able to control it. And, and that was what 
because in order for society to get mm-hmm. to the place of where it is now um, without violence, without uh, there's okay. so many just like agreed upon things that men have to pipe down a lot of different places. And this is yeah. not to say that we are victims and that that's the only thing that happens. It's just that like women don't have that testosterone like they Mm. actually biologically don't so they don't have to tamper down anything um this is just the way it is it's almost like a jordan peterson approach right like being the monster and then being able to control it kind of thing yes and and we are now trying to act as if this might be something new but one of the things that chris brought up was like don't you think it's kind of fucked up that to say to a male you are broken or you are inherently something that we need to change. We don't have that idea with women. And I, maybe it is, or maybe it isn't, but that is absolutely how it has to be. Because if men were just allowed to do what they were going to do, there would be no communities. There would be no nothing because they'd be killing each other. Mm -hmm. They'd be doing everything that they're not supposed to be doing at much higher levels. Men are, way more likely to to commit violent crimes or way more likely to commit homicides they're way more likely to do bad things than women are and i think it's because they're men you know right. it's like so that you know that that that's ultimately like the answer that the, the panel ended up coming up with was like yeah it's just tampering down whatever that thing is and biologically it's testosterone yeah i think that like that's a very biological way to think about it and that makes sense to me because history has kind of like proven that point but then in our modern day we don't really have the necessity for a lot of that craziness so it has to be stifled and then when I think about what it means like for me to be a man it's like providing right like for being there, you know, whether it's financially, emotionally, you know, whatever it is for your significant other, um, being able to support a family, uh, you know, being the protector, all of those, those sort of things. That's what like masculinity or being a man means to me. And I feel like that's, that's something that's in the media seen as like a negative it's almost it's it seems like a competition between the sexes where women or at least feminists are saying that or the extremist feminists are saying you know women should also do that be providers and and it's like that's fine if that's what you know you want to do and you have somebody who agrees with that and your relationship flows and and all that stuff but at the same time i'm just like why would you want to take that burden on when when it's all it there's been hundreds of years that have kind of like put us in a place where we know that's what we have to do well i i think it's uh like and it's, not to say, been... and it's not to say that 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 women shouldn't have careers and do their own thing or whatever but it's like when tough times come you know, I'm not. I'm not going to be the person who goes to my girlfriend and goes, "Oh, I'm so stressed. Like, yeah. like support me." I you well, know, I want to. Thing... I want to be the support structure in my relationship. Right. See, that is 
pretty fucking that that sucks. You know, I think I think in what sense? Like one of the biggest fears that a lot of men have, myself included, is yeah. having a significant other and deterring them by becoming uh by being emotional and by being uh vulnerable. So if I say That's not to say you can't be vulnerable. No, but that's but, fine. But look, but like I'm, you're I'm in just it saying, together. It's probably it's like so if if I say I'm going through some shit right now mentally and I'm in a bad place, the yeah. likelihood that a woman is sexually attracted to that is not high at all. Right. They will go into a companionate mind. There's a passionate and then there's a companionate mindset. They're going to go into that companionate mindset. And the, one of the biggest deterrents of long-term relationships is flopping over to companionate and never being able to push it back into passionate. Right. And so what you need what I think the Do onus think is on biological women. or well, or societal. Well, it's just I mean, think about it. Like, if you're in a relationship with someone and it gets overly platonic, it's hard to move the needle back towards passionate. But mm. it's important to have a platonic relationship with your significant other. You can't just be passionately driven forever. And then we know this year, like we know this relationship after relationship. We know that you can't just have a passionate relationship. There has mm. to be a companionship there. But the passionate passion aspect cannot leave. And right. I think what men are ultimately worried about is becoming that companion to their significant other and then not being able to be pulled back and be the sexy dominant male that they were attracted to. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think the onus then needs to be on women to be able to switch back and forth. Just like the onus needs to be on men to switch back and forth. Because I've been in relationships before where I've been really good friends with my significant other, but that's it. And mm-hmm. I can't switch it back to being like, I'm attracted to you again. That's on me, you just can't, but that's I also think... on them. It's like this, this thing where you guys have to flow back and yeah. forth and you have to have the mental ability to do that. And you have to be, you have to knowingly be like, all right, we're doing passion now. We're going to switch think you it can back. Just, you can never lose the sexiness of a relationship. And if you do, that's a big problem. Of course. But I, don't, I think most people But can't that takes... Dude, that's an individual thing, I think. Of. That's like... It's like... I have to know that both of the... Again, this is back to what I was saying before. We don't know the bounds by which how much companionate you should be and how much passionate you should be. But as long as you're working and you're mm-hmm. thinking and you're, you're working and thinking and communicating, you're doing the right thing. Sure. And And like... But do you know how many relationships could be saved just by people using the bathroom with the door closed a lot because you know how unsexy that is it's a 10 out of 10 unsexy yeah and i think people get stuck in that but i'll tell you this we're so comfortable around each other that's not i don't think that's good yeah so so again an individual like if a if a woman and a man like i can say this from personal experience if we're both aware of the companionate aspect taking over, mm-hmm. we're going to do something to fix that. Don't you guys and think we're going to talk about it? The, the lines between what it is to be a man and what it is to be a woman are being kind of bastardized and blurred these days because there's a lot of voices For sure. now trying, like we talked about this whole podcast, trying to tell us what it is to be a man, what it is to be a woman, where, you know, my thought on what it is to be a man is probably very different than the current narrative. I don't think it has anything to do with like 
being a millionaire. I think it mm-hmm. does have a lot to do with being a provider and being a good person to your family because I think that the foundation of a community does have a lot to do with building the bedrock of a family. 100%. You know, I don't I don't necessarily think that marriage is for everybody, but I do think that having a strong committed relationship builds the bedrock of a good society, good, builds the bedrock of a good foundation. I think you guys both made some pretty interesting points about flowing back and forth between being passionate, being somebody's companion. But I don't think that we should let ourselves as a society draw this line in the sand on what it is to be a man, because I guarantee you, if we took this conversation to Italy or Germany or Switzerland Mm. or China or India, it would be different. The definition is different. I would say this though. um, If there's one thing that will teach you how to be a man, it's to be, to see what a woman, see how to interact with a woman. And, 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 and look, again, we're talking about a total binary here, right? Like men can be with men, women can be with women. But I'm saying if we want to know what it means sure. to be a man, it definitely helps to be with a woman and understand I think there that. is a certain level of compassion and understanding and empathy that you do need to have to be a man. I yeah. think that my definition but look of at this. it if you never knew has, encompasses that If you 100%. never knew what it was like to have a relationship with a woman, it would definitely be a different answer right because what you said earlier was pretty funny because like if it was just a bunch of guys being guys like, we, we would, would be know- out in the streets with machine guns yeah. murdering each other yeah. i would have my neighbor's house i would have axe murdered him yeah. right You'd be like, if yeah, that's fuck- what we yeah. were but you know what kind of keeps that together my wife she's she's brilliant i love her to death but she makes this point all the time like there's a component that women have in society that is undervalued and i think mm-hmm. it is kind of a beautiful point like they keep shit together 100 percent like, what is stopping 100%. me from going and right. axe murdering my neighbor beside and, the cops and, well, but also <laughs> but also and you keep their shit together sure on the, in the same way i've seen Mar- there's a beautiful I've, I've balance been, i've literally been with marcus where somebody did something shitty on the road and i saw this man get out of his car <laughs> and go nuts on somebody and i'm like well if Catherine was in the car she, she probably was. she no no not this time oh not that time okay, okay. this is in midtown and uh, uh the other time also like, happened in midtown don't do that but i was there so yeah. i was like like this is fucking do what you great. gotta do let's yeah. see what's I, gonna happen i think also you know um if we're talking about what it means to be a man i think that you need to look at the binary of what it means to be a woman or have, feminine, have some feminine, compassion for both sides of the feminine yeah feminine energy is what will allow you to to yeah. understand that like ultimately I feel like I have a lot of feminine energy. Like I, I really do. Like I feel like I'm a very emotional person. Um, I grew up with all women. I have three older sisters. Like the, the house was dominated by females and there's a lot of that, you know, understanding what a man is, is it's, it's difficult to, to understand unless you have that, that binary, unless yeah. you have that. Now, we're just putting definitions in there. It doesn't mean that we have to know exactly what it means to be a man. I'm more concerned with being a good fucking partner and being a good human being. Like, mm-hmm. that's it. Just be a good d- person, dude. You can be a dude. Chicks can be dudes, too, whatever. I'm saying, like, <laughs> like be a good person and be a good partner, and, like, you'll figure it out. You absolutely yeah. will. Well, I think that that is a beautiful closing message. Yeah. Zach, anything, anything, one, where can people find you? Because we didn't mention mention this on the podcast, but your, Zach and I have a long history. Mm -hmm. We met way back in the day, maybe like 2015. 
Almost 10 years ago. We're, yeah, getting, so we're getting up there. Yeah. We're getting up there. Eight oh, years 2023. ago. 2023. Holy shit. Yeah. Eight years ago. <laughs> yeah. I was sad. passing through Chicago and we linked up. Dude, We I was in Texas at the same time as you when I was there in Houston. Yep. He goes, I'm the coach at uh, Texas A&M. You know, like yeah. all these different points in our lives we connected. So it's great to always have you back on the podcast. Um, but where can people find you? Your YouTube channel has been blowing up, which is awesome. So happy for you. Where yeah. can they find you there? Where can so they just can find you on search Instagram? Search my name, Z-A-C-K-T-E-L-A-N-D-E-R, Zach Tellender. And then on Instagram, coach underscore Z-T. And uh, if you want to help support me, go to my Patreon, patreon.com slash Zach Tellender. You can get some programming and some Q&A stuff there too as well. So. I highly recommend his page. He's been doing some awesome work. And... Uh, that's it, guys. Thank you guys for having me. Thanks Appreciate for you, listening. brother.